Hey, yo, man the fuck up. This is Iceberg, bitch. You're listening to the Combat Jack Show. Get a helmet. Get ready for combat. No escape. Get ready for combat. Get ready for combat. Yeah. The Combat Jack Radio Show. Stay in Hey, yo, Internets, this episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by our great friends over at Bevel, B-E-V-E-L, the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse, curly hair and sensitive skin. Check out GetBevel.com. That's G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L.com today. And use your promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, to get 20% off your first month of supplies at GetBevel.com. That's G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L.com. Yo, get this and shave like a bo- Hey, yo, internet, you are tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. Cheer. What's up, Premium What's going P? on, Combat? Yo, man, people really love your back and forth, man, with, with, with my man. What is that, Mr. Penitentiary Mr. Rules Pen- in Effect? Mr. Penitentiary Rules in Effect, like man. two episodes ago. Kevin Gates, man, that shit is hot, man. I mean, listen, episode is on fire. Yeah, man. You, what, what the fuck is penitentiary rules in effect? You keep what on does asking me this, man. I, listen, it means that the rules that are, that, that are formed inside the prisons, uh, I guess this guy wants everyone to follow them outside, <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, that's, that's his opinion. But at the end of the day, you know what I do want to say? We always do talk about prison. Yes. And we talk about the time I have done. But the honest with you, a lot of artists we speak to, they have been away. Now, you know they've been ragging on you. Yeah. On I social just, media. They're like, yo, here we go again with Premium Pete having to tell our guest that he was locked up. I don't want to say that. Today, I want to say that I don't glorify prison. I came home and I stayed home. Yeah. So, you know, by the mistakes that I made, I learned from them. How many years now, man? I'm home nine years. Nine years. Nine when years. is it going to be ten? Shit. Uh, next year, man. Next year? Yeah. And how long were you locked up for? Three years. One in the box. Yo, this is a weird question. Do you ever miss? <laughs> Why would you ask if I ever miss? I mean, you you never you never know, man. You know, you know, motherfuckers get caught in their habits. I appreciate the time uh, that I learned. I learned a lot in there. I learned I learned how to grow up. To be honest with you, I went in jail when I was, uh, you know, I, I, turning thirty years old. So you know, it was late for me. You know, yeah. I got away with a lot of shit, but yeah. uh, I don't never miss it. I don't ever miss the food. But I do miss the, the lessons. slippers. You miss the slippers. Hell no, I don't miss that <laughs> shit. I don't miss the fucking COs. But anyway, I just want to say that yeah, we talk a lot about prison because shit, a lot of people have been in it. Right. And it, but but at the end of the day, I'm not glorifying it, man. You know, stay out of it if you can. There you go. Well, listen, man. Without further ado, I, I'm so honored to introduce our next guest to the Combat Jack Show. I mean, this man has done everything, <laughs> everything. Yo, internet. We got on the Combat Jack Show today. The one and only Mr. Ice T in the building. What's up, Jack? What's happening, Pete? I'm What's going happy on? To, I'm real happy to be here, man. Once I got a parking space downstairs, it was all good. Yeah, once you found that lane, it was open, right? Yeah, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is something uh, everybody that I know, to, you know, a lot of my respected friends, Glenn Freeman been on here, Chuck been on yes. here, uh, my man Ben Baller, and everybody's like, Ice, do Jack's show. And then you blessed me on my, on the Final Level podcast, I was talking to you about doing this one. And uh, I said, I'm about to do mine today. And like a real nigga, you just popped up at the crib like, yo, what's happening? Yo, it was, it was and a- I respect that. That's what real niggas do. They <laughs> pop up. Yo, it, was, it, was a, it was a Friday night. I was about to be on some Mr. Mom shit. Yeah. You know I'm saying? I was about to settle in. And, and, and Ice hit me. He was like, yo, I'm about to do my show in an hour and a half in Jersey. I was like, yo, hun, I'm out. 
Next thing you know, <laughs> yo, man, that's a good show, man. Yeah, well, you know what? Like we said on the show, man, a real nigga, you know, you, it ain't the but ain't the nigga that hangs out and parties with you. He's the motherfucker you call, and he'll be standing under the street lighting the rain with the pistol, man. Mm. Yes, you sir. Dig? That's you know, so. I mean, he didn't have no pistol, but he popped up like, bow. I, I said, I, I need you. He was like, bam. How like, you know I didn't have the pistol? <laughs> well, he, I how you know I didn't have the pistol? I you probably yeah. did have no, the pistol. I don't know nothing about that shit, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, we, we don't, you don't want to show anybody if you had it anyway. That yes, would be sir. corny. That yes, would, sir. That would take away the effect of, uh, of carrying. So listen, Ice, like, <laughs> from what I read, man, you are the biggest rap star to have a regularly produced and released podcast, the final level. Well, you know what happened was I I I I don't even know if there are any rappers that are really doing the podcast thing. I mean, I just know about Combat Jack. Honestly, that's how new I am to the game. Right. We only got seventeen episodes, and my buddy Mick Benzo, uh, Zulu Nation, Zulu mm. came up. The, the really one of the cats that really held me down because when I started coming out to New York. You know, you had to have a pass, you know. I mean, I'm coming from L.A., you had to have a pass. So I was connected to the Zulus, and they made sure ICE was safe. Same way when you go to L.A., you needed somebody from L.A. kind of like to Most be a definitely. tour guide. Or when you go to Detroit, you got to talk to Trick Trick. Yeah, Trick Trick, <laughs> yep. Oh, you got the no flight zone. No flight zone. Uh, so I, I respected right. the land, and uh, Mickey has been my man and my manager and co-manager and road manager. So he comes to me, but he got a lot of dumb ideas. Still, uh, so the niggas. What says, up, Mick? Mick Mick Benzo <laughs> says I got an idea to do a podcast, and my brain was like, podcasts are really about people talking about technology, right? So I said, what are we gonna do it on games? You know, because I'm a gamer and shit. Sure. I said no, we're gonna do a hip hop, just everything, everything you talk about on Twitter, and I was like, nah, 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 I, I'm not really with it because I didn't. I felt like you guys are doing it in a studio. Me being particular places at particular times is very difficult because mm. I have schedules. So I said, I don't know. He says, no, we could do it at the crib. I'm like, what? He said, we could do it at the crib. I'll set microphones up right in your crib. We could do it from a laptop. I got an engineer that can actually run the laptop from L.A. And we could do it like this. And I was like, and I was like, now he had me. I'm like, right. I could do it in my living room. He said, we could do it on the weekends in the morning. And stuff like that. And he said, there's a few dollars in it, too. Now, when you start talking money, sure. yeah. now, you know, I, I say, well, what kind I, of paper? I can make money from home? What kind of paper is right. involved? And he said, well, it's based on listeners. You know, the advertisers pay per thousand downloads. And if you can get a million listeners, you you know, it could be lucrative. And I was like, okay, this is a challenge. I'm like, well, what other rappers got them? He's like, I don't know any other rappers that have them. Now, I'm a nigga that likes to be first. Right. That, First to me is better than being the best, I because only one person can be first. The best is a perception, mm -hmm. you dig. But first is fucking first. Mm, yes, yes, yes. So yes. I was like, yo, okay, let's go, let's go. And so when we got into it immediately, Combat Jack popped up. They said, no, 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 nigga, you ain't the first hip hop. Combat Jack was <laughs> doing the shit four years and stuff. And I'm like, was he a rapper? It's like, nah, nah. But it, it's it's about well. It's, Still, I still might have found my niche. Right. So we've been doing it and having fun. And, uh, you know, we haven't gotten to the point where we making no real cake yet. But we getting more and more listeners every week. And uh, it's it's also a good a good place for people to to meet me 
versus the records or the TV shit because it's just like what y'all going to get tonight. Me just talking versus because on the records, you you know, it's different. It's you, you have an agenda here. I don't got no agenda. Just talking to y'all. You know what I find amazing? First and foremost, I do want to give a shout out to. Juan Epstein, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Peter Rosenberg and, and um, Cypher Sounds, because Sounds, they've been doing uh, a podcast way before we were doing it. How about that? And um, the only other rapper that I know that was doing a podcast is Killer Mike. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ki- out, yeah. Killer Ki- Mike was doing it. Out of Atlanta. A, out of Atlanta. And Killer Mike happens to be a good friend of my daughter and stuff, and, 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 and I, I know of well about Killer Mike, so I don't have a problem with that. But, but what I do <laughs> love about us being in this space. Yeah. Is like you said, man, other than records, other than Twitter, this is like the most intimate you could be with your audience. And you and, know, you know what else I like about it, Jack? Nobody's listening that don't want to. Right, exactly. So mm-hmm. like you could pop up on a radio station, motherfuckers be like, I'm not really checking for this nigga, and then says listen to you and hate, right? To listen to a <laughs> podcast, you 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 had to make a conscious decision sure. to go in. And now, you, if you hating, you a sucker. like, yo, motherfucking news. I see shit, so why are you even there? The fuck you press play for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you sat through an hour of this yeah. shit to hate you. You really a ridiculous piece of shit. So, <laughs> so, so I like it because you have a truly captive audience. Yes. And also, the one, another thing I like about, since we talk about podcasts, I like the fact that they're out, they're like albums to me because mm. we're only on, a, we only do an hour. Mm-hmm. But, they're capsules and they're going to last forever. So you can go back and you can like, you guys got crazy archives. Yes. So to me, it's like from an artist's perspective, it's kind of like making little albums of whatever we talk about at the time. And it's cool. Cause it's the radio. If you're not listening right now, you're not going to hear it. Right. If it's, it, you know, it's like it goes out into this void. And then if you're not tuned in or you, you know, but with podcasts, people are tuned in. They got the headphones on, or they're driving in their mm-hmm. car, and that's there's they're totally with what you're doing. And I dig that. The so, greatest thing about a podcast, I think, is that you can fit it into your life. You fit it into like everything that's going on and what you're doing. You do can it when listen, you want. Yeah, you can listen to a little, catch up with it later. You know what I mean? That's dope because um, what my man Glenn. Mm-hmm. We keep talking about Glenn Freeman, but he, he didn't even know I had a podcast. And I told him, and he said, I listened to five hours going to L.A. I listened to him on the plane. That's dope. You know? He said, I, I, I couldn't stop listening to him. So That's I'm dope. Like, it's cool. Now, let me ask you, are you having fun doing these podcasts? Chuck told me a long time ago, maybe about 10 years ago, he said, Ice, he said, you, you got your cake together. He said, if it ain't fun, you shouldn't be doing it. Yes. He said, you know, and when he says you got the cake together, that don't mean I'm fucking, you know, Warren, you know, Buffett. Uh, Warren Buffett and nobody. But I mean, I'm not. Stress- you are right, though. You I'm are not right. stressing a roof of food. Right. You know, the elements, the roofs, the food, water. You're going to get your water. I, I'm, I, I can survive. <laughs> and if, if shit got really bad, I could downside and survive a lot longer, you know. So he was like, it should be fun. And I, 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 I always think about that. You know, like, am I having fun doing this? And then recently, like within the last, I'll say, eight years, I put the word important into my life. And so I said, you know, everything I do should be important. Mm. You know, like I ask niggas right now about hip hop. I'm like, what's the last important rap album? And they go, hmm, important. And they start reaching, you know, and I'm like, that's a word that people should put into their life you know you should try to do things that are important you know versus just something to fill up the fucking time 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you have, have you done anything recently that wasn't fun? You know what I'm saying? Because you know checks come, opportunities come, and and you the are hardest icy. shit. Well, well, I don't know. Hardest shit I did recently was I read. Everybody heard about this, but I read a Dungeons and Dragons. Book. Yes, <laughs> he, I think that's what he was leading into, and it was you know I I do audio books because this some new shit, and you know what happens is when you get in the game, you have all these different revenue streams it's not just i'm on television people i'm doing voiceovers you heard the new nfl commercial yes. on mm -hmm. as a matter of fact you know who did the nfl commercial lauren who used to be our producer for the complex TV really show. yeah he, he called me and he said i did i got uh chuck hired me and and ice t to do voiceovers on 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 uh, nfl small show. World, yeah man. dig it so they called me and so i did that so i got a call they say you want to read this book and i'm like well what is it and they told me what is you know what the, what the payout was and they said you should be able to do it in three hours yeah. it was a dungeons and dragons book with words like drizder odin and and like talking swords and shit and did Pegasus. you know anything about I, I know the dungeons and dragons shit is ultra nerd super shit, right and i never had no problem with nerds because i'm a fucking geek but these are nerds that get like even no porn ass like they don't get nothing <laughs> be yeah, yeah, deep into it but i don't give a fuck because right. i don't have see if i don't got a reason to dislike you i don't dislike mm -hmm. you you know what i'm saying I, I i try to save that energy for real fucking motherfuckers right so why i'm a problem i'm nerding how does that bother my life you know <laughs> so anyway i'm like going in there and i'm like okay i I chose to do this. I said I'd do it. It was the most difficult shit I ever did in my life. I was reading these words. I was catching a sweat. I was getting up, going to the bathroom. The producer said, every time you went to the bathroom, we didn't think you were coming back. Mm. It took me three hours to read like 16 pages mm. of this. So I ended up having to do it in two days. It was only a 48-page story. It's come out now. People are listening to it, and they like it. Right. Because... I mean, I'm not saying I'm a. I was great at it, but once I make a decision, I'm gonna do something. I got to do it to the best of my ability. I never just throw no shit out there because shit is always gonna be. People are gonna be able to hear it at some point. How the fuck did they come up with Ice T to do in that connection with Dungeons and Dragons? People man. like weird connections. Yeah. That's just that's just what the game is. It's like. You know, it's like even with the acting thing, right? I tell I tell rappers, say, oh, I want to act. I say, well, you know, you're not going to act like a rapper. If you become an actor, they're going to take you and pull you as far, as far away as who you are. Your role. So, or you would want them to do that. Yeah, so even in New Jack City, they like, well, you're not going to play the Wesley Snipes character. you got to play the cop. Well, why do I got to play the cop? Because you have to be convincing <laughs> as you go undercover. Right. So we, you, we need somebody who, when they do flip and go undercover... Nino might believe he's the real mm -hmm. deal. So, but then they, you know, if I, I read scripts now, people send me like they want me to be a school teacher. They want me to be a psychiatrist. I could see that. They want, because when you cast me as a street cat, is that really acting? Nah. You know, so uh, people are coming up with weird things for me to do. And, like I say, I, I I roll with it. I'm not doing no goof, no doofy shit. You ain't gonna see me in drag and no, none of that old bullshit, you know. But we did see you as a kangaroo. Man. I did a kangaroo. Show. <laughs> we did see you as a kangaroo with tank girl. And I had a no problem with that because this is why. First, oh, it was a funny story with tank girl. I was doing a, a movie. Uh, called Johnny Mnemonic with yes. Keanu Reeves, mm -hmm. and Ke Keanu Reeves had just done his shit with the bus, 
the big speed shit. speed so i'm like thinking i'm moving up the food chain you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i'm like damn you know nigga started with some new jack shit now i'm with keanu reeves so i get a phone call my manager's like yo ice they want you to do this shit they want you to play a stripper in arizona huh a stripper a male stripper no they he said the word stripper okay so i'm like word i'm like fuck it yeah I'll do that shit Fuck it. So I was like, yeah. So that night I did like a thousand crunches, right? I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh so you was on some chip, your Chippendale I was re- shit. I, I was ready. I didn't know what, but I said, fuck it. I'll do some shit. I'm going to some some I'm some, some oils some on your chest. Man, Pull you ups, know. dips. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do my LL and just flex on motherfuckers, right? So the next day they sent me a picture of a kangaroo. <laughs> Word of life. They sent me a, a fax. I'm like, what do you mean? I thought I was a stripper. They said, no, not a sh- First, I thought I was a stripper in a kangaroo outfit, right? right? Then they said, no, it's a ripper. I'm like, what's a ripper? They said, ripper are these mutations from this comic book called Tank Girl. It's called Lori Petty. Uh, Lori Petty is the uh, the actress in it, and this, that, and the third. And I was like, come on, man, Tank Girl? <laughs> Kangaroos? I thought, we was go- I thought we was moving up. Right. And then they told me how much money they was paying for it. And you moved up. I start hopping around the room. <laughs> I start hopping. Then I I, I heard that uh, Harry Winston was doing the makeup, and you know I knew I I used to read Fangoria and all yes. that shit, so I knew all about him with with Predator and shit. So I was into that. And then they were like, "Well, you know, you're gonna do the prosthetics." It took four hours to put those prosthetics on, and three and a half hours to take them off every day. It was the most crazy shit I ever did. I had robot. Uh, like motors, servo motors in my ears, and all that kind of stuff. But was that shit claustrophobic? Yeah, yeah. it was bad. But and it was 110 degrees in Arizona shooting, mm. it. and uh, you know, it was an experience. And you know, I wanted to see. At some point, I kind of like first when I first started doing the acting shit, I wasn't taking it seriously because I just dropped the OG album. I was heavy in the hip hop and acting was, and then it just kind of started to hit me. Like this is a real opportunity. Will Smith is getting $20 million a picture. Mm. Nigga, you got your pinky toe in this game. Mm. You need to start taking it a little more seriously. So that's when I was kind of like, yo, you know, just give me the role. And if it doesn't totally go against my sensibility, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what what role would go against your sensibility? Yeah, sucking dick, some, <laughs> <laughs> some wild. So shit so, like so that. you wouldn't have been the dude in Will Smith's nah, first movie. Nah, I'm not fucking around <laughs> like that. Some of it, you know, they, they, you can't unring a bell, and sometimes you step on some shit you right. can't get off your shoe. Yeah. So you know, I I ain't doing none of that shit. I mean, because I'm not gay. Right. So why would I do that if I was a gay dude? And that was part of my, you know, get down. But I'm not, so I'm not. I'm not doing that. But uh, I did a little scene in in Law and Order recently where me and Danny Pino played. Like we had to go undercover, and we had our little gay swag on, and we kind of. I was a well dressed gay man, and we went into this gay bar. I had no problems with that. You know what I'm saying? Blue oyster. I don't know where the fuck we went. What the hell are you talking about, Blue Oyster? You know the spot? You know the spot? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Blue Oyster is from Police hey, Academy. Yo. No, no, no. It <laughs> was like, tell me the spot now. Nah, name some more of them. No, nah, shit. I don't know. No, no, no. else you hang, man? No, no. The Blue Oyster is a famous spot from Police Academy. <laughs> you got it. Sort of, yeah. Yo, yo Pete, Ice, Pete, man. Pete. You just told me you was in jail. Now you hit me with No, 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 no. Don't do that, man. Hey, but now, nah, man, my thing is that I don't have no issues like that, right. but, uh, 
you know, uh, it's one of those things where as an actor, you got to kind of pick and choose your stuff. I can't wait. You know, I've been playing on Law & Order now 16 years. Congratulations, mm. man. Crazy. Congratulations, like, yes. man. Hey, yo, yo, Jack, I went on that show to do four episodes. Four. And uh, I, it's my fifth show with Dick Wolf. I did I did New York Undercover yes. where I played a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I did Law & Order where I played a pimp. I did... Uh, Swift Justice, I played a drug dealer. Then I did Players, my own show with Costas Mandelar and Frank Hughes, where we played fed, federal criminals that were coming out working with the feds to bust people. Then I played a cop on this one. So it's kind of like, you know, I can't wait. You know, eventually I'm going to get another role, and it'll probably be some kind of mask murderer or some shit, <laughs> you know. But I, I, I'm just rolling with it. It's acting to me. It's 16 years. You, you know what's so great about it? You've been around for so long, doing so many different things. Like, even my grandmother was 92. <laughs> she knows who you are yeah. because of, uh, you know, Law and Order and all this yeah. stuff. Like, she may not know any, like, you know, other stuff, but she, she knows don't know that, that cop killer shit. Nah, she, she don't know. know yeah, she, she didn't say, he's, he's, you know, he's on the TV. What's well, crazy, though, you know, like, it, I meet people, I meet people, and they go, oh, well, you know, I'm too old for hip hop. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like, how old are you? They're like, well, I'm 40. I'm like, I'm 56. Mm. You know, like, you're never too old. If that was part of the, your culture, if that's, if that was, you know, you don't grow out of the shit. You might not like the new new shit necessary that's coming out now because the kids are saying the kids they age. But, you know, if you was there when it happened, when that culture was born, it's going to be in you, you forever. You're going to be there. Yeah, it's going to be in you forever. Yeah. So I refuse to grow up, and I, I, I'm just taking opportunities you know i want to go back man let's go back I, I i really didn't know man you were born in jersey you were born on the east coast yeah i was born in newark new jersey uh my mother died when i was in the third grade and i moved i moved to summit new jersey which is you know real like s- simple town and uh, i lived on a street called william street which was like the only black street in town you know mm. everybody in my street was black and uh, my father passed. I went to Brayton Elementary. Then I went to Summit Junior High. Uh, from where we lived in Jersey, you could see the New York skyline. There was an area you could stand and see it. And I think where we were like 15, maybe 18 miles out into New Jersey. And then uh, my father passed when I was in the seventh grade. And that's when I was shipped to L.A. to live with his sister. So people know me as a west coast cat well i really am because i didn't kick up that much dust as a kid i was a little kid out here what do you remember about losing your parents so early man well my mother passed i was i was sitting i remember sitting with her in the living room in the couch and we were watching batman on tv that like og batman with robin mm. tv adam west yeah and my mom just linked her head back and she started breathing and she had she was having a heart attack and my pops he was like you got to go and we lived in a duplex house and he was just like go next door and uh you know then of course the ambulances came and you know you a kid but you know what's happening and then you can sense the tone yeah then it got real ill and then he came over and he, he said told me my mom's had passed away it was cold you know but did you understand that not really but i didn't cry right. i was like in a zone like word like what does that mean you know i was more about the next move like so what does that mean for me am i and so me and him was cool and then he had a housekeeper lady like a lady from down south that would be in the house and so we moved into the next level like me and my pops and he had a housekeeper lady that would be there while he would work 
and he'd be leaving the house working and stuff. Then I had another aunt that had a house that kind of was back to back with us. And, you know, I'm just a kid, man. I'm growing up, you know. I remember how high the snow used to seem because yep. I was so little. And uh, then, uh, you know, I wasn't doing nothing crazy. I was, you know, just kid shit. You know, no gangster shit. I didn't know what a gang was. Yeah, you were too I mean, young. I was too young. So my, 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 well, no, because at 12 years old, kids in the ghetto were yeah. selling drugs. Yeah. They're yeah. out in the street. I was, I and was. And they had guns and shit. I was protect. I wasn't in that place yet. So then my pops, I was in high school at seventh, seventh grade, junior high. And, uh, they, they came and they called me into the, uh, office and they said, uh, you know, it was people in there, and they're like, "Yeah, your father passed away today." I was like, "God damn!" So immediately, no tears, but what is going to happen? Right. Like, were you were you at least angry, dude? Or, or I wasn't or, angry. Or, 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 I was just kind of like, "The like, fuck, b." Yeah, yeah, like that. What the fuck? Like, I wasn't angry. I well, I I, I kind of went into a warp where, at some point, I just felt like. Okay, like I'm not really. I'm just. I'm an only child. I'm by myself. And if something happens to me, fuck it. That's when I started getting into some other shit. But that right. happened later on in my life. Right. So my my father and them, my aunt out there, she decides. Okay, we're gonna send Ice to a, my real name's Tracy. We'll send him to to uh, L. A. to be with my father's sister out in Bal- Baldwin Hills, right? Uh. Yeah, yeah, in in in, in uh, yeah, the View Park area. Uh, we I, we we were right by this park called Triangle Park. So my aunt, she was a social worker. So they got me out there. I got a cousin who's graduating out of high school. This nigga thought he was Jimi Hendrix, and my <laughs> and, and and my aunt, they was like dealing with me because they had to. Right, like they just dropped the kid there. She had just raised all her kids, so that was a real fucked up situation. You could sense, me. you could sense, like they wasn't really that. They told me, right. Like what what they tell you? We taking care of you because we got to. Damn. And you ain't got nowhere else to go. So basically, you lucky we're here. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ain't that a bitch? So now I'm in that realm, and I was in that realm really for the next, for 8th, ninth, 10th, like really all through high school, right. like until I got out of high school. And, uh, you know, now when I got there, I was getting bussed to a white junior high school called Palms in LA, Culver City. And that's when I started meeting some kids from the from Watts and shit, because they were busting us all. So they was coming and they had a different get down. I was like, okay, y'all a little tougher than motherfuckers I'm used to and stuff. And uh then when I got out of ninth grade, I decided I didn't want to catch the bus. And that's when my life changed. And I say this in a and uh, that's how I'm living. But in high school, I changed. I didn't want to go. I didn't. I wanted to walk to school. And I went to Crenshaw High School. And there, hello, this is the gang culture. This is, you know, the toughest kids in the school. The school was listed as being one of the toughest kid schools in the United States. Time Magazine called it Fort Crenshaw. Crenshaw High School is dead center in South Central L.A. Like if you took a map. And stuck a pin through the center of L.A. down through the you'd end up in our quad. Mm. So Damn. I was going there, and it's like you know, Crips, Bloods, or, well, not Bloods, Brims, and uh, because really the gangs are the Crips and the Brims, mm. but the Crips refer to you as Cuz, and a bl- Brim refers to you as Blood, 
And then they just turned it into the new, and then they turned it into the blood gang. But really, any anything that ain't a crip is a blood. It's, 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 I can, oh, I got the gang shit. Right. To, I, I could take you. It's funny, I was out here in New York, and I met a guy, and I was, I was like, what are you, a blood? And he's like, yeah, you know. I'm like, do a blood sign. He did like this. <laughs> and I said, I said, dope. I said, turn it upside down. I said, that's a blood sign, too. He was like, word? Because uh, that's a Pyru sign. Right, right. So he was fascinated. I gave him a little gang jewel. I was like helping him, helping him gang bang a little bit. <laughs> so when you get to Crenshaw, man, like, and you see this whole difference, did you embrace it? Were you welcomed, or what? What was that? What was that introduction to that shit? I was like? in survival mode because right. I didn't have no. I don't got no brothers. I don't got nothing. You ain't I'm got a, no parents. I'm a light skinned nigga named Tracy with green eyes. Dig? So I got one option: is either I'm gonna be a predator or a prey. You dig? So I decide I'm just gonna be a little bit crazy and let you know. How, like you, you know, when you get into a situation, you're gonna you're gonna figure a way to survive. So I was. I've always had a very cool personality i'm a likable motherfucker so you know i was able to connect to like cats that were powerful and they just liked me you right. know because i could talk and you know i had a little flavor and shit so you I, were educated and, and you were light-skinned too that you know what i'm saying but but you know that don't mean the gang leader that, niggas true. don't like mm-hmm. you that's true you know what i'm saying the cats test you I can fight. Right. You know, I'm, I mean, right now, niggas look at me like, you know, like, oh, I'm like, I'm six foot. I'm 210. I'm I'm good, nigga. You know, like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm good. I'm okay. And I'm not, you know, I'm not 300 pounds, but you don't have to be that big. Mm-hmm. You just got to have some heart. And, and, some and, hand skills. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm not no little nigga. It's like, right. So we, you know, I'm not afraid. And I could take an ass kicking. Mm. So it's kind of like. I wasn't really worried about that. So, you know, I've had I had altercations. I motherfuckers tell him niggas be like, yo, Tracy, nigga, that's a bitch name. You got to take off instantly. Like, you know, t- like I would get in fights like quick. Right. But you wouldn't let that shit settle. You had to. I never really been. I never really been fucked up. I never been jumped. I've never lost brutally. You know, I've been in two, three punch fights. I've been in. I've been. I fought. I right. fought. I, you know, I, I had to do what I had to do as a kid. But. You know, high school niggas was like, he's about his shit. Right. That's all you need to be known. The nigga's not no bitch. And, you know, like, he, he you you push him enough, he, he's going to back it up. I was never a bully. Uh, and uh, I just started connecting to the Crips. So the Crip gangs that was in LA, at Crenshaw at that time would be the Rolling 30s or what they call the Harlem Crips, the 60s which rolling 60s or the ETGs or A-Trey gangsters. Those are all the gang ba- gangs that were at my school. And I just became like friends with all of them. So, you know, like right now, I'm, I've never been jumped into a gang. But I'm a gang affiliate. I'm, right. I'm, a f- I'm connected to all the niggas. I know all the, re- I know all the niggas. And it's all good. Sometimes that's even more powerful than actually being in the gang because I might know niggas higher up the food chain than you, though. You in the set, you don't even know this nigga, yeah. you know, because you still, you know, a BG. You trying to make it up the food chain, and I know your OG. So, and um, I mean, I made it out of high school, you know, and uh, I when I was in high school, I wanted to, I lo- always had a love for cars, and uh, I ended up going to auto body repair, and I, I learned how to do paint and fix cars, and I ended up going to trade technical college when I got out of school. To, that's what I thought I wanted to do. Just like being, like, with your hands. 
I love cars. Now, now, but you were also attracted to music. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, I was, I was like, I was like doing uh, dancing. I was right. in like a dancing group. You know, we used to lock in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all broke danced out here, but they was locking out there. So I was in a little group doing that in high school. And what, was this the Precious Few? Who was no, the Precious no, Few? I don't know who them niggas were. Okay. We was West Coast locks. <laughs> okay. You know, and we, you know, and I, 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 I could dance a little bit. And then when breaking came out, we tried to break, but we, that was an acquired skill. You were hitting the windmills? No, I'm not. I, I, I was never that good. Well, see, what happened is when breaking hit, I had already went through an injury. I, another things that happened in my life, and I wasn't as limber as I was. But I could, you know, I, I, I was in. You know, I was trying to break because when hip hop happened, niggas tried to do it all. Right. You wanted to be a DJ. You wanted to dance. You wanted to you do wanted, graffiti. Yeah, you. Yeah, that was the culture. So I, I got kind of since we already were like kind of a dance group. You know, it was just something I could do. Um, when breaking came out, I, I wanted to do that. I felt that I had the skills to do that. But the thing, how did you hear about breaking? We saw first time we heard about breaking was on. That's incredible. Right. The New York City Breakers and niggas, the whole world was like, Damn, that's incredible. F- you just bought me the fuck. <laughs> Remember that. that show? That's incredible. <laughs> Yo, you just <laughs> fucked me up, B. And motherfuckers had that shit on the VCR, the Betamax, <laughs> and we was watching that shit in LA like, what in Classic. the fuck they are doing with their feet? Like, you know, but people was crazy. But that, that's, that's going on in one part of my life. The other part of my life is I'm, 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 I'm maintaining whatever's necessary to live in a gang culture. And then I'm trying to go to school. Right. So, you know, all this shit is happening. And then you're growing up. I mean, you're going through all you're, yeah. you're going through growing pains. Yeah. Then I got I got my girl in it. I was in when I was in 12th grade. I got my girl pregnant. She right. was in the 10th grade. I'm like, what the fuck? So what I did was after I went to try to do this. Well, really, I just got I, I graduated out of high school on a 20-week report card. I I'm, I was an honor student. Mm. Niggas don't know that. I'm, I, I would... I that makes sense, though. I would go to school and get the A's, and I would I knew how to master school because I would take the hard classes in summer school because they're only six weeks. And I would, and then by the time we got to regular school, I had all electives and mm. bullshit. Niggas see me ditching like this. <laughs> I said, nigga, I just took algebra and trig over the... So, you, you, so you gamed high school, B. Yeah, well, it was not game at that time. It right. was survival right. skills. You know, you had to figure out how to do it. But I knew I had to be intelligent. I never really liked dumb niggas. Yeah. Like, I would be around niggas and, like, they would take pride in being dumb. Like, Doing not dumb knowing, shit. Not knowing how to talk and, you know, like, like even today, I listen to like, a lot of MCs. I'm like, you sound like you got wet tea bags. <laughs> yeah. Like, Yo, some of this new shit, be. Why don't you want to talk? With you know, with some diction, with some I eloquence, man. I, I didn't get that. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I need to know some information. I'm on my own. I don't have no family. I gotta be. I can't be dumb. I can't be dumb. So I would go to school. Like, so I graduated on a twenty week report card. Got out of school. I had my own apartment when I was seventeen years old. Mm-hmm. I've been on my own ever since I was seven. When I was seventeen, I I got out of school. I told my aunt. I said, "Bitch, I'm, I'm, I, I ain't <laughs> yeah. fucking with you." You know, you getting Social Security money for me. That's like $250 a month. Give me that. Yeah, let me get that. She gave it to me. I got me an apartment for $100 a month uh, in the hood. Did she say you wasn't going to be shit? She told me I wouldn't make it. Okay. You know? 
but you know, I I don't listen to that. Yes. That's corny to me. And then I I I I, I took a hundred dollars. I got a hundred dollar a month apartment. You know, it was in the ghetto. And I I got a uh, I took another hundred dollars and I was buy food. I buy canned food, Chef Boardee, ramens, all kinds of shit like that, Vienna sausages, all that shit. And then I had fifty bucks, and that was my my budget. Right. So now, so you were disciplined, B. Well, to an extent. Now I'm trying to do this. I get the girl pregnant. Well, not before I got the girl pregnant. I'm I'm in this zone, and here comes the crime. So the homies is like, yo, nigga, you know, we out here. We can go steal a car radio whatever. So if I stole a car radio, it doubled my income. Mm. So, you know, crack hadn't hit. The dope game hadn't hit yet. So we was trying to do little little bullshit. I call it petty crimes. Petty Nothing crimes. penitentiary right. worthy. And then what happened was niggas started selling weed. And that was back in the days where, like, you could get, like, a key of weed for like $500 like that big <laughs> block of yeah, weed with the, with the you, seeds and niggas the be like trees. give me 10 fingers like <laughs> some big huge bag and shit of that so we was trying I was trying to do all that kind of shit and um I said man shit this is this isn't really gonna work and I, I got my girl pregnant at that time and that's when I said man I, I went in and enlisted in the military what made you go to the military was the it the kid, benefits the kid right because I'm in the street now I don't got nowhere to fall back on. I got a daughter, and I'm like, I'm not hustle. I'm, 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 I, you know, my hustle was weak. It was a no go. Like I said, and, it's, and, and that's how I'm living. And, and it's and it's a song. That's how I'm living. I tell this whole story, and um, I go in the army, you know, and uh, four years in that shit, be all the fuck you can be, you dig, and uh. I go in and I, I'm, I'm trying to find do the right thing, but when I came back, that's when the big shit changed. Because when I came back, my niggas that was small time criminals was big time criminals, right. and that four years of niggas had moved from robbing cars to robbing jewelry stores and banks and banks. And now you come home and you got skills. Yeah, I got skills, and I'm not really I'm not really the kind of motherfucker that really had much else i tried the military and i was like you know what i'm at that point i got a kid i gotta do something and they was sloppy with they shit you know i'm like y'all don't even understand you know you need we need, formations you know, and we need to know how to run this shit we need you know and i was able to draw maps and <laughs> <laughs> make shit i never got caught now, were you getting a thrill out of that shit man oh, yeah definitely i mean yo the criminal being a criminal is a fucking mind trip. It's it's a very ill drug. It's 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 you're actually turning you're turning life upside down. You're saying what's good is bad and what's bad is good. It's a weird warp. So anyone who works for a job, they're a sucker. Right. Right? We don't. We're cooler than that. If you do low shit, it's looked upon as being good. It's like crazy weird warp. So once you hang around a bunch of people like that, you take pride in it. And yeah, there is an adrenaline rush. And of course, you know, stealing a cookie, stealing a cookie that you're not supposed to do. Like I used to say, you know, here's a line. You're the cop. You're telling me I can't cross it. My job is to cross it and get back without catching mm. you. Who got the harder job? Mm. So there's a pride in being able to beat the system. But, you know, you, you 
you can only do that shit for so long. And like my homie right now, I got all my friends right now. They got the LWAPs and, and, and you know, you know what the LWAP <laughs> is? You're a prison, <laughs> prison motherfucker. That's life without parole. Yeah, damn. So they get the, they get the WAP and they telling me, they told me, I tell these niggas do not break the law unless you got a cape and a utility belt. <laughs> Cause they say the cops got too many. They just, just you got, you got, you got eyes in the sky. Cameras on every corner. They got your DNA before you even come out right listen, now. Listen, man, listen. So, you know, I got involved in, that shit with my homies and we was relatively fucking successful but you guys I, were going straight to the safes huh we were doing the shit in the heat we take yeah we go in the safe <laughs> yeah we we would you know but we you have allegedly 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 did i what the fuck did i just say <laughs> cj well no we 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 would we would we would we would do take what they call takeover yes and then we, you know, in the jewelry game, you got the bash, you got the snatch and run, you got the you got the arm situation. I'm a, I was never much into arm shit yeah. because I always felt like if you pull a gun, somebody from way over could see you and they got the right to bust off and drop one in your head. So I was always like, I wanted to be more of a player. I wanted to play you out of it and, and, and take it. But regardless of that, that's neither here nor there. You know, we made a few dollars and, uh, and, uh, lived an interesting life at four i did that for i say maybe five solid years five six maybe well yeah about six solid every day and when i'm talking about everyday crime and you might know i don't know what level you was in i'm talking about getting up and committing felonies all right. day long right every all day like every chance you can you're breaking the law see i'm, <laughs> I, I, see, I'm, I'm sitting here and i'm talking to you and and one of the reasons why i'm so excited that you're here is because mm -hmm. i look at you I reveal you as a, and most of us reveal you as a, yeah. as an elder statesman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What per, what kind of person were you back then? Like what? What? I, I was I was not a good person, mm. man. I wasn't a. I was just feeling like I had a, got dealt a bad fucking deal, and I was like, yo, I got to get paid. That's the only thing that's gonna create my life. You dig? You know. So you were responding, you think, to the death of your parents, man. Not really. I was just misguided. I didn't right. have nobody to really snatch me and tell me really any better. And if only people that are around you are, are, are negative people, they're going to teach negative. you negative yeah. shit. Yeah. You know, I didn't have nobody say, look, nigga, calm down. What changed my life was my boys who went under. They checked me before I came under. So as they would catch cases, they like, Ice, don't come here, man. Don't come here, man. Stop. Nigga. And that was making mm -hmm. sense to you. Yeah, because I respected them. Yeah. And then all the players that I thought I looked up to in the game, they was taking big hits. Mm. So the nigga in my hood, Ronnie Reagan, who 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 had cars parked all the way around the block and all the, you know, everything and shit, he catches a life sentence. Then whoop, whoop over here. I'm looking at him. He catches, they body his ass. So you see that net getting smaller so and smaller, I'm watching, man. So these are the niggas I look up to. Yeah. So now I'm like, man, do I really think I'm smarter than them? Am I going to make it? out of this and then my boys are in prison and they like ice dude i'm never forget my buddy ready red called me he said ice don't come here man niggas in here tying four and five blue rags around their head these niggas don't know nothing about no dom Perignon. they don't know nothing about no motherfucking <laughs> filet mignon these, no are not, these are not players in here you're gonna be up in here with these gang banging niggas and they're gonna force you to get back into that thug shit because see the thing of it is then you have to resort back to that other animal shit that you left so I just I just kind of like was, you know, OK, what do I do? So what do you do? 
I, I at when when I, while we was hustling, we had like I had bought a DJ equipment from the, when I came out of the military, and we was throwing little parties and shit. And then I found out that I would go from party to party, and rap had came out, Sugar Hill Gang. Now I had been making rhymes, but I had made rhymes for gangbangers. A gang rhymes. Like, say, say, say a rhyme that, that you were saying back a then. A gangbanger rhyme sound like this. Uh, Falling to a party on a Saturday night. I left the pad down and out for a fight. Had on the waistline leather, Levi's cuffed. Under the coat, I knew I was buff because I was driving that iron getting ready for a set. And I was packing a punch a nigga never forget. The ring in my ear was hanging halfway to the floor. I was so tight, I walked sideways out the door. Now the ride was lifted front, side, and rear. Glass was all tinted. Was none of it clear. Craig it down with a cold ass pearl deepest diamond tuck in the goddamn world. I had quadraphonic headphones with the tone you could fix. Under the seat, I had a 30 yacht six. On the way to the party, I was scraping and hopping because I knew by the end of the light there was going to be some popping. When I got to the set, I just let it lay on the ground and the Buddhists came to check it out from Chinatown. When I fell in the party, there was <laughs> niggas for days. I was looking crazy in some hellified ways. I just walked in the corner, listened as they talked. First James Brown record, I jumped up and crip walk. Now I was walking so hard, couldn't no one compete. I was about to turn out the party with my goddamn feet. But then some nigga went and got out of line. His nose, my fist, had no trouble to find. Mm. After driving the iron so hard all that day, I drove his grill in in one hell of a way. But his partners fell out and so did mine. The and the squabbing went on for quite a long time. Then all of a sudden I heard some popping. I knew not too soon this fight would be stopping. I seen 22s, 38s, and a 45. I knew not too much would be left alive. But brothers, I was sent from hell, not heaven. I broke out with the chrome plate at 357. And, uh, <laughs> I broke out with the chrome plate at 357. <laughs> but the name of the game is simply survival. And the end of the night, 10 was dead on arrival. And me and my partners, we was gone like the winds. Police blamed it on the Crips of the Brams. But some niggas knew in the corner in the dark, them crazy niggas reside in Triangle Park. They go by the name of Burnett, Zell, and Trey. And they belong to the association called the EPA. I said that, I, I just realized I said that rap, part of that rap in the art of rap. Here's, a, here's more of a Crip one uh, go go like this uh strolling through the city in the middle of the night niggas on my left and niggas on my right yelling cut 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 rip to every nigga i see if you bad enough come fuck with me i seen another nigga i say crip again he say fuck a crip nigga this is bram so we pulled out the roscoe roscoe said crack i looked again nigga was shooting back so we fell to the ground Aimed for his head. One more shot. Nigga was dead. Walked over to him. Took his gun. Spit in his face. And began to run. God so damn. if you see another nigga laying dead in the street. In a puddle of blood. From his head to his feet. I hope it's time all you busters get hip. That it's fuck a brim. Nigga this west side. Cut rip. Damn. So this, yeah. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the shit that you was rapping. In school. Before. Way rap. before hip hop, I wow. didn't know about hip hop, so I would do these. I got a hundred of them. Yo, that's some real eloquent gangster shit, Damn. though. B. But but this is what would keep the gang killer niggas at bay. Right. I'm entertaining them with some. I put their names in the shit. They're like yeah, nigga. Yo, I say one of them other shit. <laughs> no, at that time I wasn't Ice. I was Trey. So right. since my name was Tracy, so they call me Trey. So that turned into Crazy Trey. So that they call me. They yo Trey. Say another one of them niggas. Say one of them gang banger. Say that shit. Say that shit about Harlem Crip. So I was saying. And so you was crazy Trey, yeah. That was With a voice of the set, man. Did you set. did you not like that name? Why'd you change your name? 
uh, because I didn't feel it was a, a rap name, and it, it, I, I when I when I got into rap, I just I didn't want to connect to gang like yeah. shit. You know, I wanted to be a rapper. So you know, now the niggas is making up gangbanger names. They not even never been around the shit. So you know, I just I didn't want to connect to that. See, another thing is yes. When I started, you couldn't be claiming no gang. It was like, you know, you could get shot. Like, right. there was a truce, you know, in night. There was a truce. So um, now people are more, you know, now you got people that aren't even in gangs wearing rags and shit. That wasn't allowed. You could get bodied so quick. Mm. So I wasn't really trying to let anybody really know when I came out to become a, a rapper. Right even where I was from, so to speak, you know, you, cause then you couldn't perform on the other side of town. You know, you needed that. And you was trying to get out. You, you said you started rapping cause you was trying to get out. Cause niggas was telling me, nigga, don't come to jail, nigga. Right. Are you fucking stupid? You still out there. You got your money. You ain't got caught. I mean, we, I got caught, but I never got stretched. We used to, back then you could bail out on an alias. You, it was easier it was, to get them. Yeah. You could, I had so many fake names, but you know, it, it was like, it was a chance. So here comes rap, and I, I know how to do it, but those rhymes right there aren't made to go over a beat. Yeah. It's like toasting. So I had to try to learn how to put the rhyme on a beat. And <laughs> some people say I still can't put the rhyme on the beat, but that's just <laughs> not the way my rhymes was written. They was written, you know, as more like toast. So when Rapper's Delight came out, I flipped it over, and I attempted to do my rhymes you know, over those beats. I'm the pimp, the player, the woman layer, the hooli doula, the whole house ruler. I just pimp whores and slam Cadillac doors. I got so many clothes in my wardrobe each day. When I put some in, I got to throw some away. So these are, I'm learning how to, I'm saying these rhymes over this rapper's delight shit. The good, good, good times beat. Yeah. So now, instead of throwing the parties, I could go from party to party and say the rhymes. But then... The niggas, my, my homies, like, say the rhymes about us. So what we became was like, a. what happens is you kind of become a cheerleader for the element you mm. with, right? So we would go to spots and we would buy the mic. Have you ever heard of that? No. So what we would do is we would come to the club and you're the DJ. Instead of asking the rap, I would give you $500 and buy the mic. Yo, here, here go with the mic right here. Now I'm rapping all motherfucking night. You got your club. own club. You got your own audience. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, so we would go in and now Ice T on the mic. Check and one, buy, two. They were like, "Wow, is, is he a, a real celebrity?" But I, we, we were players and we bought the mic. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm in there and I'm, I'm like emceeing the whole party, but I'm steady shouting out my niggas and, <laughs> and, and honing your skills. Well, so, I wasn't at that time. I didn't, there was nobody to really rap against. Right. So whack, whack past at that time. <laughs> so, so when did you start getting serious? Uh, like real serious? Like I had made a record and I still wasn't serious. Right. I had made a record called The Coldest Rap in I think '82. I was in a beauty parlor getting my hair did. Called Good Fred. That's when I was had a perm, had my shit. You know, I had to get the wash and set my ship more wavy than the ships in the Navy. I had to keep a, keep a I got to stay above a woman, you know, because because to be a real live player and a pimp, you have to outdress and out. You have to outclass the female. Right. Mm. You have to dress better. You have to be more groomed. You have to be flyer. So she looks at and says, this is a fly ass man. I'll do anything to be with this man. That's why players grow their hair long. 
Cause a lot of girls can't grow their fingernails and the jewelry. <laughs> so I'm yeah. bitch, bitch. My hair is bitch. This ain't no weed, bitch. Come on, let's get real. You know. Uh, so 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 I uh, was in this spot and I was just entertaining some girls, and uh, this guy came in. He said, "Man, he said, man, would you like to make a record?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" Just from looking at you, just seeing me, I had a little crowd, right. And I said, word? And he said, yeah. And so, like, Jam Master J, like, like, run. The chauffeur put me in the Cadillac. He threw me in his car. We went to the studio. And he had a record, a track with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis on it. And somebody was singing. So they pulled the girls off. And they were like, rap over that. And I just did a rap called, it's, it's, it's a record called The Coldest Rap. And it was just basically every rhyme I had in my head at the time. Non-gang rhymes. And, uh. That was my first record. And I was like, Pfft. and that record came out and I made like he, that night. I think they gave me $250. And I think that was all the money I ever got from them right. for that record. But that record put me into this club called the radio where they ended up shooting the breaking movies. Mm. So one, even something that didn't pay, put me into this other place. Cause that place heard the record and they was like, Yo, this 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 kid is from LA, so they got at me and I kinda like my first booked gig and they had me come and because my record was in rotation in that club, like if you're in a if you go to a club and they play certain records every night, you could be a star in that in that club. Mm, mm. You feel me? Yeah. Only in that club. Yeah. So when I went in there and they put I came up, it was like I and everybody knew me. I'm what like, what club was this? Called the radio. The radio. Now, in the movie, it was called the Radio Tron because right. they didn't want to pay the people who actually owned, owned that right, club. Right. That's that Hollywood bullshit. And, uh, I, you know, I wasn't taking this shit seriously. We was pulling up at that club in a Porsche. I had I had the jewels. I had the fila. I had everything going. People thought I was a real rapper. We used to tell girls, so we got a record. We had no record. We were hustling. We was faking. That was our cover. And, uh... You know, so this led you to to to, to Hollywood discovering you, the first time around. Yeah, and but see, you no know, thing, cold thing, Jack is I'm just being absolutely. I, I was not taking none of this shit seriously. Right. So I'm being in a movie. I'm like, yo, that's not no money. How much you pay me for this movie? I spend that every day on sneakers. You know, we we hustlers. This is now any nigga that's out there ever been in the dope game or the, any kind of hustling game. You know, you're making thousands of dollars yes, easily. So, so this this legit money will not seem like money to you when you start making it but you're going to save your life yes Mm -hmm. that has to change the money's not going to change you the the reality of where you're going is going to change you so now i'm i'm in the movie i got a record out and my boys are on me to stop they like i remember one of my homies said there cannot be one more lick because that's the lick that's going to I I know you got one more lick in you. I know that's what you're saying. You know, you can't quit now. You, you know, and and in them days, you know, if you had like a hundred thousand dollars and you was a kid, that was like a million dollars, you know, and I had that kind of loot. So, but I wanted to, I wanted to stop with three, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, they was, they was on it. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. And, and was it resonating in you? No. You were like, fuck that. Y'all, y'all trying to nah, get me brain, out the game. Your brain don't, your brain does not have the capacity. You're on that drug. You're winning. You ain't got caught. And you're still young. 
you still thinking you smart and it's just and that's why you know jack i never really talked down to hustlers and street cats because i've been on the drug i know what it is man so i just say man you need to get a you have to have an escape plan you have to have an exit strategy because we all saw the last scene in scarface it's like i tweeted the other day living the gangster lifestyle will eventually lead to gunplay. Mm-hmm. It will eventually. Somebody's going to tell you what you're going to do or what you ain't going to do, and there will be gunplay. So it, it, it's going to happen eventually. Right. So here I am, man. I'm in the making rap. I'm doing this. I'm When like people see me breaking, they're like, oh, well, you look like a rapper. I was, I was trying to look like mm-hmm. a rapper. I wasn't trying to look like no street hustler. So did that shit go to your head, though, man, that, that you was in a movie? Like I'm no. doing this hustler shit. No. no, nah, not yet. It just was. It was petty to me. Right. It wasn't. It was corny to you. Yeah, it was not. It was. It, it wasn't. I didn't make enough money. Right, right. I think I made. I think I made in that movie, maybe five thousand dollars or something. I wasn't gonna. That wasn't gonna get me. Keep you know. Get me out of the game. So, what got me out of the game was, uh, I was in a car accident. And I was at this club called Carolina West. It opens at nine and it closes at nine. And uh, uh, so it opens at nine at night and it closes at nine in the morning. And I was out late and uh, I came out of there. And you know what it's like coming out of a club. It's a lot of movement. With the light, when when the daylight hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I was doing on the way home was I was closing my eyes at the intersections. And one intersection on West Boulevard and Slauson. I, I fell asleep and I drove into the intersection and I got T-bone and I broke my pelvis, my femur, my ribs, my everything on this Dang side man. got shattered. And I got put into the hospital. I was like in traction for 10 weeks. No insurance. No insurance. John Doe, no ID. You know, we only rolling with no ID yep. back then. And uh, they put me in the county hospital and... uh. I, I mean, I was near death. I was, it was fucked up. And then my, my buddy's mother, my, my homie Shiny Mac, his mom's was looking for me. She was like, why, why we don't see Trey no more? What's, what's up with him? And at that time, like you say, was I a good person? Niggas, you think niggas love you, but no one, you know, you, they, they don't, we don't, he ain't around good. Yeah. Fuck it. You know? So his mother though, and they found me some kind of way. She went to the hospital. She found out. She said, he's a veteran. And they moved me from there to the VA hospital Mm, where they fucking fixed me. And uh, in that time period, that's when I made my my change. Like, I was like, man, that was my whole life right there. You know, I died. I, I, I really hadn't done nothing. You know, nobody came to see me. I didn't have no visitors. I was like... That was your prison without being in prison. Absolutely. You know, I remember a preacher came and tried to talk. And I, I w- I'm not a religious person. Right. I'm just like, yo, man, you know, all that. I'm not praying right now, man. I'm finna make myself better, man. I'm going to will myself better. If there's a God, he'll hear me. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to will myself better. And uh, when I came up out of there, you know, I physically couldn't do the shit that was necessary for my type of hustle. Right. Some of that shit was pretty athletic. Yeah. You, know what I'm <laughs> you know, I'll give you some game. Here's some quick game. When you get ready to do a lick, you got to know where you're going to go first. So you, you backtrack. Don't none of y'all try this. You backtrack your escape. So you never start 
where you you always start where you want to end up. So if I'm going to hit a spot over here on 58th, I'm going to be on 54th Street. That's where the car going to be. Then I'm going to figure a route that nobody could backtrack me back. To get to. To get to. Yeah. So when we hit this spot, we're going through this building. We're coming out of this. Escape. Are you moving? We're moving. We're four blocks over and we're gone. So... It, no, your whole side is crushed up. Not just running out to a Muslim car right there. We're moving. <laughs> You're on oh, we, 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 Hopping we, and leaping and we ducking. Used, and <laughs> We used a, a lot of, we used dirt bikes too. Oh, but, um, damn. It's physical. Right. I couldn't do it. And that time it took for me to really get myself together and have my foot in the hip hop door. I never forget one of my buddies right now doing life. Tony, he, he, he was like, so you going to do this rap shit? And I was like, trying man i'm like you know i had to try and niggas just and niggas like, wasn't making money in rap like that nah motherfuckers was like but you know they i was getting them looks yeah and then it was la niggas like what is rap like really and i'm like you know and 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 and, and then now they tell yo ice you made the right move baby you know so I've always, even in my lyrics, I've always been held accountable to my crew. My crew is stuck. So I can't rap nothing I never did or right. say nothing I never did. I will get a phone call. You know, niggas is like, nigga, you ain't, ooh, ooh. you know. So I've always been held within a certain guideline of what I'm going to talk about. Right. And, um, you know. I, I really started taking it serious. Now I want to rap. Now I want to rap. I'm like, I don't want to. I, I, I got a little money. I got a little something. I'm going to try to rap. And then the next thing that happened was Run DMC. Mm. Run DMC. I went to see Run DMC in L.A. I think it was the sports arena or some shit. And they had lasers and shit. And it was it, rock gods. Yo. I always thought hip hop was only going to be in basements or right. in somebody's Clubs. garage right, right. or some bullshit. And when I saw that, I'm like, these niggas is rock stars. This shit could be big. I looked around. And I saw the money. I was like, this is the money. <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. This this can provide me this lifestyle. That, you know, see, hustlers will get used to some lifestyle. Then when they try to go square, they can't achieve that same money. I saw it and I was like, shit. I think that night I went home and I wrote like 10 rhymes, but the rhymes still weren't what y'all know. Right. So I'm writing, I'm writing these types of rhymes, you know, like battle rhymes and all this kind of stuff. And I'll never forget my buddy Randy Matt had an 808 and we was in the house and I'm making records trying to get my shit going and he put the 808 on and he we was into that record uh the Beastie Boys had uh uh cold uh well I chill with it boom, boom, chilly boom. chill yeah chilly chill so we had that beat going boom boom and it's like so he's like something like that and he's like I'm like so what, what should I rap over this shit he said just say what we be doing and I'm like that shit like that shit was like off limits because when I would try to rhyme, I would try to rhyme like a rapper. Yeah. Right. You don't quit and all those. But I wasn't dealing with the other shit. Right. And he's like, talk about us. Talk the real shit. Talk the shit you used to do. Now, had you heard Schooly D yet? Yes. I heard Schooly D. Uh, and, 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 and when I heard I was at a, a club uh, in L.A. and that shit came on. That PSK shit, right? And it was, I called it dust music because mm. the beat came on. Yeah. 
I'm like, this shit sounds like PCP. Yeah. Like, this is dust. And then PSK's making that green. People always say, what the, the hell's happening? And then, the, well, yeah, what the hell's that mean? Peace for the people who can't understand how one homeboy became, became a man. As for the way you scream and shout, one by one, I'm knocking out. Yeah. So I'm listening to it. I'm like, this shit sounds gangster, right? But I didn't know what they was talking about. Then later somebody said, oh, he's talking about Parkside Killers. Yes. So he's doing basically what you was doing on a bigger level. Yeah, but it was vague. Yeah. It was vague. Mm. You know, as for the ways my DJ cutting. Like, there's only one line. He said, suck in the ass, nigga. I should shoot you dead. But it was very vague. So I take the PSK shit and... I'll come six in the morning. Six in the morning. Mm. Six in the morning, police at my door. Has the same cadence as Pooley D. Fresh Shadita squeak across the bathroom floor. Out the back window, I make my escape. Didn't even get a chance to grab my old school tape. And, you know, a posse to the homeboys with a posse to the corner where the fly girls chill. Through action at some bitch, to, at some freaks till one bitch got ill. She started acting silly, simply would not quit. Called us all punk pussy, said we all want shit. As we walked over to her, ho continued to speak, so we beat the bitch down in the goddamn street. <laughs> you know, so, you know, uh, continue clocking freaks with immense posteriors, rolling in a blazer with a Louis interior. Mm. Come on, nigga. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, 1982. Yeah, yeah. Louis niggas yeah. just catching up. <laughs> you know, look, solid gold, the ride was raw. Bus the left turn was on Crenshaw. Shiny Sean was the driver known to give freaks hell. Had a beeper going off like a high school bell. Looked in the mirror. What did we see? Fucking blue lights, LAPD. So we make this record, which is basically the life. Right. I live, but it was, I mean, it ends up six in the morning with us killing niggas and going to jail, threw me in the county, high powered blob. So I'm saying all the slangs and shit to deal with the streets. Right. The shit fucking hit. It took off. Like Chuck says, the B side wins again. So niggas was feeling that record. Yeah. So I was like, they like this shit? Oh, man, I could do this shit all day. They like that gang shit. That's the shit. Oh, then it's easy. It was kind of like if you made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day and it was just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and somebody came over and said, you should sell that and get the fuck out of here. And then it's, I've been doing this shit all my life. And it was hot. So these are the gang shit that I'm so familiar with. I'm like. And, and it's crazy because you was denying it. Busting your ass. Trying to do something else. Trying not Try, to be. I'm trying to be a rapper. Yes. I'm trying to be a rapper. So here you go. Uh, 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 ten years ago, I used to listen to rappers flow. Talking about the way they rocked the mic at the disco. I liked how that shit was going down. Dreamt about ripping the mic with my own sound. So I tried to write rhymes something like them. My boy said, hey, ain't you, Ice? That shit sound like him. So I sat back. <laughs> thought up a new track. Didn't fantasize. Kick the pure facts. Motherfuckers got scared because they was unprepared. Who would tell it how it really was? Who dared? A young nigga from the West Coast, L.A., South Central fool where the Crips and the Bloods play. When I wrote about parties, it didn't fit. Six in the morning, that was the real shit. Original gangster. So the record takes off now. Yeah. <laughs> the record takes off. Now you're starting to become a star. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, nah, nah, nah. The record takes off, but I'm still not getting paper like right. I'm used to. Right. But 
everyone is now, you're trading infamy for fame. All of a sudden, people are liking you. People are being nice to you. People who want to autograph, and it, it starts to change. And you realize that infamy, people don't love you. When you're infamous, people know you for what you have, not what you've done. Mm. So well, an infamous nigga, oh, you know Whitey? Who's Whitey? Whitey got the white bins. Oh, that's him. Oh, he got the big... That's all he is, yeah, nigga. Yeah. He ain't done nothing. Right. It's just the medallion or something. I was finally being known for something I did that I could talk about and I was proud about. Another thing is when you're in the underworld, you can't talk about what you've done. Right. You, you know, you... You're around people. You have to come up with a fake life. So now I'm finally able to explain what I did. And I had an arsenal of fucking information. You must have been relieved as fuck, B. Dude, I was just like, now also, here we go. Here's another epiphany. I was in the Iceberg Slim in high school. So um, when I was in high school, how the Ice T name started to come, I used to quote Iceberg Slim. You know, you ever heard Iceberg Slim's yeah. lyrics? No, like Iceberg Slim. I need a three-way winch that'll play Jasper in the stench and take him around the horn. No Gene or John, this hoe couldn't con because that trick was never born. She'll be a good shot broad and an acid fraud and drag she'll play like a vet. Stuff like an ace, never lose a case and leave many a mark in debt. Now, I've heard hoes cry about the wind being high and the law being on their tail, about snow and sleet being asshole deep and they tricks can go to hell. In some greasy spoon or juke saloon, you'll find them killing their time, crying hard luck tears and sucking up beers and the pimps ain't getting a dime, turning half dollar <laughs> tricks just to get a fix because they pussy is doing the pimping. Cheers. They're just ruining the name of an hell of a game because the pimps is doing the simping. Now, now, I'm saying these rhymes like this in, in, when I'm 16. So niggas used to say, say some more of that ice stuff, T. Because I wouldn't let niggas call me Tracy. Mm -hmm. So T. And there's ice T comes from iceberg T. So it hit me. Bam. Oh. Why are you trying to live this man's life? Iceberg Slim is a writer. Mm. There's so many players in the game that will never be known. All players want to be known. Players dream about having parades with their names and balloons. Niggas, that's what players think about. <laughs> so you thinking, why would you, why do you know Iceberg Slim's name? Because he wrote a book. Mm. Nigga, if you want to be forever or eternal in this game, you can't just live the game. Ice, you have to document the game. And that's when I said, I'm going to be a prolific rap writer and document the game. And and that's when I was 110. Because now I'm, I'm living out the iceberg slim life as an author, but I didn't think I could write books with my music. And if you listen to Ice-T records, they're not meant to be danced on. I made records beats you can't dance off of. Right. Because you're supposed to sit back and just listen to the words. It's all about the words. Yo, listen, let's go to, let's go to a break, man. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. We're sitting here with Ice-T. When we come back, I want to take it to the next chapter of your life. Yeah. Internet, F your radio, F your podcast, except for the final level. Yeah. And F your TV show. Internet. This portion of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Bevel, the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse, curly, and sensitive skin. Now, if you're a fan of the Combat Jack Show, let me break down to you why fucks with Bevel so heavy. 
is clinically proven by an African-American dermatologist, no less, to reduce and prevent razor bumps. It's designed from the ground up to give a smooth, bump-free shave. Another reason why we fucks with it so heavy is because it's designed by the homie Tristan Walker, a 29-year-old entrepreneurial brother who saw a hole in the African-American grooming market and made moves to fill it in. He then teamed up with the rapper, legendary rapper Nas, who was an angel investor in Bevel. So this time, the little homie won big. Now, recently, I got a deluxe package in this amazing box. I opened it up, and it was this grown-ass silver, like stainless steel, like razor that looks so magnificent. The shaving cream is smelling so luxuriant and plush. The aftershave is extra balmy. Listen, Internet, I got to confess, I don't get razor bumps when I shave my face. But I also use the bevel shaving system on my head because I do shave my head. And listen, five days later, no bumps, no warts, no neck teddies, or whatever the hell else black men get on their necks when they self-shave their heads. In other words, this bevel shaving system got me feeling like a grown-ass man, and I'm so happy. So won't you go out there and say goodbye to that janky-ass magic shave and that blue can or whatever the hell that is that be smelling up your grandmother's foyer and get that bevel shaving system. All you got to do is go to getbevel.com today, G-E-T-B-E-V-L.com today, and use the code, the promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, to get 20% off your first month of supplies at getbevel.com. That's G-E-T-B-E-V-L. V-E-L.com. Oh, I'm feeling so great today. Thank you, Bevel. Hey, yo, internet, you're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. We got Ice-T in the building. Is this recording? This is recording. We are on. <laughs> I, hope we, I, hope, I hope somebody don't say, you know, we didn't hit the record button. No, we, we, had, one, we had one episode, my dude, the first time we were in the <laughs> studio. We recorded two hours. Oh. We got up. Uh, we all looked at each other like, yo, what? You know what? Just look, look, the engineer just came in. That was his first time working with us. <laughs> he, Char- is, he is coming to the game. So, 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 Ice, man, you start working, you're in the zone, you start rapping, I'm you're right. in the zone now. You're, I'm in the you're zone. being pulled into this. this. Six, Six in the morning is just now becoming a record. Yes. It's the first record where I'm really getting heard, and my, I feel the streets is with me, and uh, you know, at, at, and 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 I sent the record to Africa Islam. Mm. Now I met Africa Islam at the radio because right. the radio would bring real rappers in. They brought the Soul Sonic Force in. They brought Grand Mixer DST. What wow. you know about that? Okay, Infinity Rappers. They yes. brought they brought the Cold Crush out there. I was able to see. And now to me, like I'm saying, I'm look I I'm a I'm not a real rapper. These are New Yorkers. They're like, importing these they're importing these New York rappers. Real rappers. Real rappers. I'm a wannabe rapper, yeah. right? So I'm like, you niggas is real and but they all respected me. They were just like but see they liked me because I had Money, right? So they were like, "Well, why do you want to rap? You got a Porsche, you got because New York rappers didn't have nobody that money. Was, nobody was making money. Right. Nobody had probably ever bought a car rapping, yet. right? And uh, Islam and me became friends, uh, Prince of Charm, and uh, you know, by him being the son of Bambada and the president of Zulu Nation, he was powerful. And uh, I, I sent him six in the morning. And he told me, hey, Ice, nobody is going to play this record if you don't hand it to him. You got to take him around. But by knowing Africa Islam, he introduced me to New York from the top. 
down. It wasn't like I met a kid that knew somebody and they were somebody's cousin in Brooklyn. I was meeting Red Alert. I was mm. meeting Chuck Chillout. Mm. I was meeting, you know, the the bosses. You had the official cosign. Yeah, I was hanging out with Scott LaRock. I got a Scott LaRock story for you. So we 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 actually uh took the record around and they were spinning it. They spun six in the morning in Latin Quarter. They spun six in the morning in Union Square because it had like a Beastie Boy beat. Yes. It, it was cool and I was like totally bugging. So I got to meet Melly Mel. You don't know what it's like for an L.A. kid to meet Grandmaster Melly Mel for the Furious Hold Five. Hold up. Cats don't know how it feels to be a New York cat and to meet Melly Mel for the first time back in those days. You know what I'm saying? Mel, Kaz, and they was in, but Iz was like, yo, this is my man from L.A., and I'm putting him on, and y'all about to make a record together. And that was the first time I'd ever went in the studio with people that wrote rhymes in the studio. Right. You know? How'd yeah. that feel, man? Was you, was that intimidating? Int- I'm intimidated with Melly Mel doing push-ups between, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, man, I'm, I'm a piece of shit. I'm this, I don't have a record. I'm, I, I'm not, I've, I'm nobody. When are they going to find out I'm a fraud, yeah, right? Now, now you got MCs that have no records and they really believe there's somebody. I'm like, no, nigga, you're nobody. You, till you actually start moving some units, right. you know, or at least get a fan base. Mm. So I was like, yo, I'm in New York. I was in a, we were in a studio called Secret Sound out here a lot of New York cats probably remember that studio and um, you know I, I was working with them and so then a guy named Ralph Cooper who was uh, connected to the Apollo Theater he had he was connected to Iz and he had Juice with Sire Records mm. and he said I'm gonna get you on a compilation with Mel and and, and Kaz and, and Donald D from the um, Donald D from the B-Boys Stick Up Kids Chuck Chillouts group and he's like, we're gonna make this album. And when I when they they pushed me at they I, they put me on the album, and every one of them had a record deal that they could break. Right. Like Donna was signed to Entertainment. Kaz had something with Tough City. God damn. Yeah, Vin, Vin, that Kaz was signed to Tough City. Mel had something with Sugar, Sugar Hill. Hill. So everybody was kind of tied up, and I was the only artist that he was C- a free agent. The Seymour Stein could get. And he didn't know enough about rap to know that somebody from New York, from L.A. couldn't rap. <laughs> he didn't know. Now, Seymour Stein is probably one of the most genius A&R record execs in the history. I, I enrolled, I brought him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, he signed Madonna, the Talking Heads, mm. Ministry, mm. Uh, Ice-T, uh, you know, I, I think he had the Smiths for a while. Damn. This dude is prolific in terms of his track record. she told me i sound like bob dylan okay now i knew that was a compliment because i knew subterranean homesick blues i knew what Bob dylan then he also told me he he played me calypso music he said do you understand what that is i'm like no this is try this jewel out he says uh well this they're singing about government and stuff he says just because you don't understand it doesn't take any of its validity away from it it just means you don't understand it in the same sense, I might not understand everything you're saying. It doesn't make it invalid. It just means I don't understand it. I believe your fans will know what you're talking about. Damn. How dope is that? Mm. So he gives me a record deal, 40 grand back in the day. Which still isn't com- nothing compared to what you're making on the street. 40 grand. Yeah, no. 
I mean, now I'm not making nothing on the street. I'm right. back touching again. Right. I I had blown all that. <laughs> <laughs> I had blown all that dough. I was just happy to get a record deal. Right. Now I'm like, you know, I'm, but I'm not going to break the law. I, I I have I have a lot of discipline. I believe discipline is being able to keep a promise to yourself. So I I I, I knew dedication, and I said okay. So I, I, I got the little record deal. We bought an SB12 drum machine. Didn't even know how to sample into it. Uh, we bought a 909, and I bought a gold chain with a gun on it. Who's we? Me and Iz. Okay. Remember that gold chain I used yes, to rock? Yes, yep. yes, yes, yes. That was my first. You still loop. got that? You know what? I got lost in the sauce. Ah. So I, I, got, I got a lot of other stuff, but I, that gold, I think somebody probably stole that. Yeah, shit. that shit was iconic, B. Yeah. Classic. So I had the gold, 38 gold chain my medallion i had that and uh that was my like you know you had, your, you had your rapper starter kit official rap rapper starter kit yeah and it was different than my street starter kit like if you look at some of my early album covers i got on pave uh patty flea i got all kinds of shit that was hustler shit mercedes benz pave rang that was from the hustler shit but that was my first rec money i made with rap money and uh legitimate money yeah you know it was it was a good thing i'll tell you a funny story though real quick i'm at i'm at i'm at uh i'm at union square with scott LaRock. rest in peace how'd you meet scott man my manager met chris and scott in florida fucking with luke down there some kind of way they met and you know scott and them just was cool you know and when people would come to la they would come to see me. Right. And, and you know, I, I was kind of like the wannabe rapper in L.A. that kind of would meet the new rappers and take them around. But they were all fascinated because I had things. Yeah, so, yeah the tours. I'm like, you know, so I, I know that guy, too. When I meet him in town and he's the new rapper and he wants to show me around, I was him. So we're at Union Square and they're spinning. Uh, this is back when it was buck 50 and niggas. Like yes. you had Decepticons and you had all these shits. You had, you know, Supreme Magnetic and all the heavy do hitters was out here. So I'm in the Union Square. Yo, your my, New York history yeah. game is, is impeccable. Is it OG? As I was there. Yeah. I was there. I was I was in Union Square when, when Red Alert was saying there are girls snatching chains. There are girls <laughs> snatching chains right now. And, uh. Uh, you know, I met Supreme Magnetic. He was standing in the corner. Nigga had the biggest chain I ever seen my life on. And he was like, yo, you cool with Ra? You cool with, with Eric and them, right? Like, yeah, you good? Ain't nobody fucking with you. I was like, okay. Little Puerto Rican cow. Like, you, you're the boss, huh? And, he, and now the lady later learned to find out he was at the time. And uh, so anyway... I'm in there, so I got my chain out. So everybody's looking at me, right? Everybody's looking at me. I'm like, I'm getting love up in this bitch. I'm getting love. This is New York. I like New York. And then about 30 minutes in, a security guard came over to me, said, uh, hey, yo, Ice, uh, there's no gold allowed in here. Oh. And then I realized I was the only person. With a gold chain. <laughs> <laughs> and my gold chain just crawled into my coat without me touching it. It just, <laughs> it just hit itself. Telepathy, right? It just hit itself. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to get robbed. Like now I know why all these niggas, and then all these smiles looked into turn into smirks. Like mm. niggas was thirsty. Like everybody had a box cutter. And then to make it worse, when it's time to leave, Scott's like, yo, I'm about to bounce with this honey, man. I'm out. You good? I'm like, 
Well, I'm not a I'm bitch. Not, I'm not really good, I'm though. I'm not good, but he was sleeping. So he left me there. Right. So now I got to get across Union Square to get to the two because I'm staying on 156 in Tenton in the Damn. South Bronx with Iz. Right. So I'm, I'm walking through the crowd. I'm just knowing I'm going to get hit with a razor. Like, I'm shook, right? Razor tag, man. Cause I'm 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 not home. I'm I'm just one dude in New York, and New York is intimidating. The niggas had big coats and shit on. So I'm like, and so one dude walked up to me, said, "Yo, Ice, I remember I met you in L.A. It was one of the guys from a group called the Boogie Boys." The Boogie Boys. I'm like, I like it. Oh my nigga, I grabbed it. <laughs> Yo, I just hugged the homie. I mean, him was like walking out like I'm with you. He didn't know I was, and so I said, "Where I catch the train?" And he kind of got me out of the club, but he didn't know he was getting me out right. of the club. But I'm like, I'm hanging real close to you, partner. And then I got on the train and got out of there. But that was my night with Scott in Union Square. I'm thinking I was gonna get robbed. That's crazy, man. So yeah, so now I'm signed to a record deal, and uh, oh no, no, no. Long story short. I was the only artist, so Seymour signed me. I got the record deal, Rhyme Pays, 40 grand. Uh, we made the record, and we sold 700,000 records. It's not your official. No video. Either. No video. But but from what I read, though, man, you're still a fish out of water in Warner because they didn't know what the fuck to do with hip-hop. Yeah, because I was on a rock label. Right. But that was good because they let us run the boat. Right. They let us run. Then Cold Chillin' came over there. And you got Biz and you got Kane and all them. And Warner connected me with Kane. And that's how our brotherhood became. Because they sent us out on a promotional tour. And me and Kane became best pimp buddy friends. See, I never understood. Because, like, as a New York cat, you know, when I heard you you L.A. cats, I was like, they sound different. They sound funny. Yeah. And what really helped was, you know, as a rap fan, hearing you get all these cosigns. Mm-hmm. From like the PEs and the Canes and, and the cats that 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 we really fucked with. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 they 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 felt my personality. You know, they got beyond the rap. It's kind of like once you like somebody, you like, and then they heard me talk it. They like, well, maybe let me re-listen to the rap. It might not it might not hit my ears the same way, but maybe I'm not listening correctly. And then when they start listening to it, they like, oh, you know, I get it. Because, like I say, my shit is more like spoken word poetry. Deuce Deuce Revolver was my problem solver. Had a deaf girl really didn't want to involve her in the life of a gangster used to rob banksters. You know, so they, this is not what they rapping about either. New York is rapping about clubs. This is a whole new format. It's a whole new genre. The crime rhyme. And then in L.A., here comes, you know, Easy. N.W.A. Yeah, and Q. Bo- Boys in the Hood. Because you, you're inspiring them now. Yeah, Boys in the Hood is 6 in the morning. Right. You know, Dre said it in the art of rap. It's like, you know, but it's all inspired by school and team. This king we're making that green. People always say, what the hell is that mean? People, the people who can't understand. A one whole boy became a man. As for the way you scream and shout, one by one, I'm not here. Right. So six in the morning, police at my door. The boys in the hood are always hard. So, you know, it was cool. We was all friends. Did you know? feel a kind of ways, though? Because, I mean, you're no. from L.A., you're getting recognized. And I other was happy LA cats, to have help. Right. I was happy to have help. You know, the people compare. They can't. They compare like, well, Ice-T's power to to, to N.W.A.'s power. I'm like, well, N.W.A.'s four motherfuckers. Yeah. I, was, I was a solo artist from the jump. I didn't have a crew. 
You know, I was out dolo, you know, trying my best. So when Cube and all of them started coming and uh, I, I only time I ever felt one funny was when they made fuck the police. Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it back because I'm brown and not the other color. So police think they have the authority to kill a minority. Fuck that shit because I ain't the one for a punk motherfucker with a bad. And the reason being. I had an intro to six in the morning we would do on tour and Cube might listen to this and he'll know. And you guys went on tour together, the the NWA Ice T tour, right? No, it was it was just us. It was not really a tour. We would just do gigs together. So DOC would come and 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 and, and we were all LA groups. We tour, we play and uh, What what other groups? Well just Doc, uh E Easy was a group separate from NWA. He was a solo artist. And then me. So we would go out and um but I used to do this thing, an intro to uh, six in the morning. More, six in the morning, where I would say, "Yo, the motherfucking police say if I do this song, they gonna shut this concert down," and the crowd would go crazy. I say, "Yo, you know," and I say, "You know what?" I say, "Fuck the police," <laughs> and then I say, "Then," and then I would do this thing with an echo. I say, "My name is Ice T. I got a rep like a killer, killer, killer. No one gets wilder. No one gets iller." I don't get high. I don't drink Miller, Miller. But if your bitch is empty, I'm sure I can fill her. Fill her. Uh, I'm uh, stupid ass records because I just don't care. Care. Uh, Motherfuckers can't even play my shit on the air. Air. But y'all know you like it. You say you want more. Because every time I leave the crib to go to the store, I hear six in the morning police uh, at my door. So then. I'm like, okay. And so then we out, I think, the next year. And Easy es like, yo, Ice, I got this dope record, nigga. It's called Fuck the Police. I'm like, word. <laughs> <laughs> but we friends. Right. We, we were all friends. And, you know, it was never, I, Cube is my nigga. You know, Ren is my nigga. Dre's been my nigga. And we was fortunate never to have any animosity. You right. know, it was just a good movement coming out of L.A., you know. And, they, and the reason they named it Gangster Rap was because Cube says in um in Straight Outta Compton, he says, you know, uh, from a gang called Niggas With Attitude. So instead of calling themselves a group, he said, from the gang. Mm. And the press said, oh, it's gangster rap. Gangster rap. So they tagged the gangster rap, and that's why I came back. Well, if it's gangster rap, I'm the original gangster. Mm. So original gangster is really a reply to the term that the press called it gangster rap. So I hit him back with OG, which no square, no nobody outside of L.A. even knew what a fucking OG was, you know. And OG, for the record, isn't just... Uh, OG is a first-generation gang member, but it also means anything that's original. The OG 501 Jeans, them OG Chuck Taylors, that OG Card House. It just means original. Right. But we always said it's only one original. Everything after that is a copy. So don't get it fucked up. Your second album, <laughs> your second Word album, up. Power. Mm-hmm. Power was me finding out I had power. Yo, hold up. Before we get to that. The album cover. <laughs> my nigga. Like, but my that, nigga. But that was just the album marketing. cover. That was marketing. Dude, the, 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 sh- the shoddy, the thong, Darlene. Darlene. My nigga. Like, who came up with that me. idea? Me, because cause first off, okay. You that, know that's one of the most brilliant 
album covers of all time. It won one. It won the award that year from DMC as the best rec- album cover of the year. Mm. And um, and the shit was raised. It was. You could really feel her ass, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you could. You could. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but you know that was part of the game. What what happened was. I'm from the school where the album cover meant everything. Yes. The insides, the liner notes, the credits, mm. the credits. You would buy you buy the record. Excuse me. You buy the record and you sit there and you'd read it while you what listen. In your zone. Right. Parliament got me into that. Yeah. So the first album is called Rhyme Pays. Why? Because it's me learning that crime Rhyme. was what I thought paid, but Rhyme Pays. The sex out al- next album is called Power. Because I was unaware of how powerful this fucking music was. I was, I'm getting people t- sending me letters from Europe and all over the world. And I'm like, wow, you know, this shit is really something, you know. And, you know, power is like, I, the, the lyrics, I said, uh, I'm living large as possible. Posse's unstoppable. Style topical. Vividly optical. Listen, you'll see them. Sometimes I'll be them. Cops, critics, and punks never ever want to see us in power. So, I mean, that right there, people say, well, what is your style? I'm like, style's topical. Vividly optical. Listen, you'll see them. Sometimes I'll be them. Mm. Right? Like in colors or I'll I, I be the person. So, we're off to the races. Another gold record. That record's platinum now. And now Warner is 100% behind you. They're, 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 they're using their whole power. Listen, listen. Record companies ain't nothing but pimps, man. Right. Them motherfuckers going to work you till you burn out, bust of the dead. They going to throw $50 to make 500 all day. So when them motherfuckers start seeing you winning, oh, man, there's nothing you can do wrong. There's absolutely nothing you could do wrong. They had a low investment, high return situation. I'll never forget I was, I think I was at the OG album, and I and none of my records had gone platinum. I had gone gold. And I went into uh, Mo Austin, and I said, I want to go platinum. Why yeah. am I stopping at 800,000 records? Why can't I go platinum? And he pulled out a sheet, and he said, I shouldn't show you this. He says, look, this is how much we invest in your record. This is what you make back. Now, these groups right here at platinum, but... You notice the letters next to them are red. They're not getting any money because we've invested so much money to get that million sale. Now, if you want me to, if you sold 800000 you want me to spend Damn. another four to get you that other two. But I, I know that doesn't add up to you. I know that much doesn't add up to you. I said, no, that doesn't add up to me, sir. He <laughs> says, you have a low investment, high return situation. In this record business, we love that. So basically, he said, if you want to sell two hundred thousand more records, but you want to spend fi- another four hundred thousand of your money, you could go platinum, but you won't be getting no money. I understood right there. That's crazy, B. I understood. So, so he said they'll go go they'll go platinum in time. Right. He said, don't worry, your catalog will sell and sell and sell. We're putting out a little bit of money, getting a big return. That's what you want to do in the record. That's business. hot, yo. That's hot, man. To find a uh, a record man. That's so honest and transparent. Well, I wanted to go. I had a meeting. This is the boss of the label. I I didn't understand why my records were stalling, you know, right under it. And he's like, you know, you're shooting video. At that time, you know, you want to shoot under it. That's recoupable. You know, you think that's going to send it that far. Right now, we're right a good number. I was like, you know what? And, you know, I was getting my next budget. I, I stayed in the black my whole entire time. At Warner, I had five consecutive well, six consecutive gold, now platinum records. 
consecutive. Consecutively. And they opened up the door. Like, one of the biggest records you ever did also was Colors. For an album that wasn't yours, it was a soundtrack. What happened with Colors was they wanted to use Squeeze the Trigger for the movie. So they were like, yo, we want to use Squeeze the Trigger. So I was like, cool, can I see the movie? So they they took us in, and I saw the movie. But then I was like, well, who has the title song? And they go, Rick James. Ah. Now, here's the <laughs> trivia. If you ever get the color soundtrack, the full color soundtrack, there's a song on the B-side by Rick James called Colors. And it's whack as fuck. And she's just like him singing, <laughs> look at all these colors. <laughs> I'm like, that's your title? That's not going to get it. So, here, so me and Islam went home. I'm like, nigga, I could write a gang record all day. But... Once again, my music is supposed to define shit like straight up niggas. Some of y'all niggas is bitches too. High rollers. They're definitions of things. I'm teaching you. So we do the gang shit. So at the time, the record I'm listening to, I'm into King's Son. So King's mm. Son got a record called Mythological. Mythological. And the beat's like... Dun, dun. And I'm like, okay, so this is the beat we're going to use. So we kind of like bit King's Son's beat a little bit. Change it. Then this... That was feedback. It came mm. back. And the, and the engineer was like, I was like well, where did that come from? He said, that just came. I was like, leave that in there. So we get the bass line. We had a rolling eight, a little machine. It ran off batteries. And so I'm going to come in, but I'm coming in like fucking King Sun. King Sun said, when I get ill, it's a reason because it's duck season. Hunter of the fronter. So I go, I am a nightmare walking, mm-hmm. psychopath talking. So it's King Sun flow, right? But so flip you will never get it if right. i didn't tell you that but until you hear this yeah now <laughs> play colors next to mythological which is one of my favorite shits by sun and uh we turned it in and they were like blown away of course and because it was about gangs and then they said we want to do the video and we shot the video and the video was so big people actually think they see me in the movie like they'd be like yo you was dope in colors i'm like oh, i'm not even in the movie dude the song and the video made the movie yeah but Hot. You, but you know we did the video and then we had to do another video with the disclaimer in it right because colors didn't really have a disclaimer it was like you know cash force unit then all of a sudden when you see the video i'm like yo i shot him he shoots me yo don't join i had to do that because they was like yo this shit is pro gang the shit was powerful so i'm like okay so now they that in the video there's me talking in the breaks kind of like saying don't do it but i didn't have a problem with it because i never i've never promoted the life really you People, just talked about it i talked about it i would never that'd be reckless to tell you to go do some shit that i know you're gonna get killed doing now at the same time as as they're, as they're pushing you on the soundtrack they also opened up the door for you to do new jack city right warner nah no nah, warner had nothing to do with new jack city um Warner, Warner, Warner opened the door for Colors. That's true, right. and that was a great soundtrack. But now New Jack City happened on some other shit because they really didn't have a lot of black actors at that time. Wesley Snipes was only like he'd only done Major League, so there wasn't a lot of young black actors. So uh, uh, um, George Jackson, rest in peace. Rest in peace. He's a good dude, man. Yeah, yeah. And Doug McHenry, them yes. two, they came up with these guys are selling millions of records. Maybe they could be. They're believable. Maybe they could be movie stars. Mm. So I'm in a I'm in a club running my game, talking some shit to some girls, and Mario Van Peoples is there. So I go in the bathroom, and somebody was saying some shit to me. I'm in the shitter, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Nigga, 
if you could put me under an atomic microscope and find one molecule in me that gave a fuck, you'd have a chance. But that won't happen. So Mario Van People says, whoever said that's going to be in my movie. Oh, shit. Because I was just talking my shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. then I'm out there talking to the girl. So he comes over, says, man, Ice, I want you to be a movie. I'm like, get the fuck out of that Hollywood shit. You just want to meet these girls, dig. It's cool. And so, so then he said, nah. <laughs> I, I, then he said, nah, call me tomorrow. So I called him. And the next thing you know, I had a meeting at Warner Brothers. And they showed me the script. And it was who named Scotty and I expected to be two lines. It was the whole fucking script. I'm like, you know, I'm not an actor. You know that, right? And they like, now nah, you could do it. You could do it. And I read the nigga who has a cop. I'm like, what? And then I was like, he had dreads. I was like, I got a perm. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? and then I, I, I wasn't really with it. And I, I, I was I, it because it was a cop too, man? It was just too much out of my realm. I was, right. My album was original gangster. Here's a, here they want me to play a cop, and and it's just like I'm not. A, I was just too many no's. No one was acting in. Run. I mean, uh, 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 Run DMC did tougher than leather. Yeah, and I that, was like, I don't know, man. You know, I, I, that was you know respect to them, but that was a bad movie. It was yo. Yeah, ex I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> a, it wasn't cinematic history. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I'm like, what the fuck. I, I, I didn't I was nervous you right. know and I've been in this I, I'm in this position I don't I, I'm honest when I don't know I get nervous so you was out of your comfort zone who did you turn to to make those decisions I at that time niggas I knew so I'm talking my niggas calling from jail I'm like yo man listen man on the real man yeah we sent that money and all that but uh yo they just gave me a chance to be in this film right word not on, but they want me to play the police nigga I know you off in the bowels of the devil right now nigga but uh, you know what you feel about that? Niggas like, word? If I was out, could I be in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I talked to the homies on the street. Yo, what's happening, man? You know, what you feel about me playing the police? Word? Can I be in the movie? Every, then girls, then I would talk to girls. Black girls got the best advice. They, they like, nigga, you better be in a motherfucking movie, nigga. Ice, you know niggas out here ain't got no motherfucking options, and you got an option right now, nigga. If you don't take it, you straight up sucker, and we know you ain't that. Plus, we know once you make it, you're going to keep it 100. Well, not 100, but you're going to keep it real. You know, you ain't one of them kind of motherfuckers that's going to forget us, nigga. Just keep talking about the shit you do. And, you know, they said, and then, nigga, if you don't do it, don't come fucking around with us. You know? <laughs> so I, I took the risk, and I, I, I played, you know, the cop, and... Uh, it was just interesting, you know. It was just a, a whole nother thing. And I was prepared for, for, it was like a suicide mission. Right. And the motherfucking movie hit. Pew. And i never forget, I went to the movies. I was in the back, right? And I, I would, I, I mean, I went to see that movie maybe like four times, like at the theater. Four different audiences. And I'm sitting in the back. I'm nigga be like, you look at Ice-T in that fucking hat. That dumb, that shit. Niggas dissing like, and then, like 10 minutes into the movie, they're like, yo, catch that nigga, Scotty. <laughs> and like, when they started calling me the other person's Scotty. name, I was like, yo. And one of the jewels that, ju that they had with the movie was they wanted to put me in dreads. they like, you can't look like you. You have to have something that breaks up what they know as I And this is New York. You can't have no perm in New York. You just can't look like you. Right. We got to break up what the fans are familiar with seeing so they'll accept you being somebody else. So the dreads was the, the reason. I remember I did a show while I was doing New York City in Detroit, and I had a, the dreads were like a 
a weaved in situation. Yeah, how annoying I, was that How was it? Was that shit annoying, B? It was heavy. <laughs> and I had to go on stage to do Ice-T and tell him I'm doing a movie right now. But this, it, I'm ice lying right now. They was you didn't like, have time to take him out. I couldn't take him out. You couldn't take him out. They rolled with it. That's know, crazy. They rolled with the it. The movie's a big hit. It changes your life. Now you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. No. The movie, see, I'm glad I'm doing the Combat Jack show because you think what niggas think, that okay. this shit happens like that. Right. No. My first record, I made $20. My next, <laughs> by now, I'm making a little bit of money on, on my, my records, but the movie is a big hit, but yes. I made $25,000. Okay. Because I'm a, a new actor and that they paid me scale and I ain't made no real cake, but I'm in the game. Okay, so I can't do anything I want to do right now. So the next movie comes is called Ricochet. Yep. And Denzel Washington is going to be in it. And I got to meet Joel Silver. Joel Silver is like one of the biggest producers in Hollywood. He did Predator. He did Matrix. And I walk in there. Did like, he do one of the Batman movies too? He does what he wants. Yeah. He does what he wants. He does what Joel he wants. Silver's yeah. a motherfucker. You see that name. So Joel Silver, I walk into his office on the Warner lot. I say, yo, Joel, you know. Made my first movie, War New Jack City, made $67 million, $87 million, something like that. I'm about to get paid, right? He said, Ice-T, you've done one movie. <laughs> so I bent over and took it again. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so yo. I, that movie, I think <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got three, I got like 40 grand for less scenes. Mm. But it was still not. I wasn't getting. I didn't, I didn't get paid till Tank Girl. Tank Girl, I got a ticket. Mm. That's why I was hopping in that room. <laughs> <laughs> when you get in something like that, like New Jack City, did you get any of the royalties no, from like DVD no, or no, no nothing? No, no, you don't get nothing. You just get you lucky to be in a movie, nigga, and act right and act. And that's it. And this goes on your resume. You just you're just happy to be in it, and you just got to work your way up. And see, movies is based on how many. It's like anything else. How many people do you put in the seats? And as an actor, the question is: Are you above title? Or are you in the movie? Now, above title is Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Terminator, not The Terminator. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Al Pacino. You know, whatever his movie is. So the t when you see the names above title. Those are the people that make money. Now, you can make money on the back end if you're a producer like Will Will Smith and you might have some skin in the game. But most people ain't money, making money in movies on the back end. But it's difficult. You still have to work your way up the food chain. And the producer is going to say, how many people is Ice-T himself yeah. putting in the seats? And the movie star, I'm not a movie star, but a movie star puts people in the seats. Brad Pitt. Puts Easy. motherfuckers in the seats. That's the difference. So when you say, like I always say, you can't name really 10 black actors to make over a million a picture. You know, you got Wesley. When he was getting cake, you got Denzel, you know, Morgan Freeman. You got Jamie. Will right, Smith. Will. Think he was getting a million a picture now? No, nah, not not. Not not a while. Probably at one time yeah. he was getting you know, he's doing Jerry Maguire. But I'm saying it, it's it's still not a lot of people that are getting that kind of cake. Right. So and then Will's in the twenty million dollar mm. game. But he's a bad motherfucker. He's the highest paid actor in the business. God bless him. You know? So yeah, I'm in the I'm in the acting game and I'm making movies and And you, you have opportunities and then body count. Well body count happened. Body Count happened during the OG album. Right. Now, OG album, 
Uh, we was touring at that time. By now, I'm out with Public Enemy. I'm out with all my heroes. I'm performing with people I looked up to, and and people looking up to you right now. Oh uh, yeah, I'm in full power. Yeah. I'm at full power right now. I'm the I'm the gangster rapper. It's me and N.W.A. That's us and Ghetto Boys. Yes, we the bad boys out there, and you know, so we. I'm coming out on the stage with Hannibal Lecter shit and we're pulling guns and we <laughs> and you're having a great time. We, we used to match pit bulls on stage and do all kinds of crazy shit. So, uh, you know, I lost my train of thought having fun on stage. So you see, so this is the, o, this is the OG era <laughs> with, with public enemy. Oh, oh, so we go to Europe and we would notice the kids would mosh pit. They would mosh over off the rap. When Chuck would do Terra Dome and all, they, duh, 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 duh. so I'm like, damn, this would be fun if we. I would really like to do rock. Now, flashback to my life. I said two hours ago, my 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 cousin thought he was Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix. Right. In my household, when I was living with him, I had to listen to the rock radio station. So I learned everything from Edgar Winter to Mott the Hoople to 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 Jay Giles Band to 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 to. to Black Sabbath, the Blue Oyster Cult, the Def. I know all Damn. the rock bands. I know everything. I can do rock trivia with you. Fuck your head up, Boston. I know all those groups, you know. Uh, 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 so I I knew rock, right? Here's another thing. When I do Ryan Pays, I sample War Pigs from Black Sabbath. Yes. This is my first album ever, my first record. I sample a Black Sabbath record. Who would do that if they wasn't in the rock? So I think, you know, my buddy Ernie C., he plays guitar. We can make a rock band. We just make a rock band and fuck around L.A. and have some fucking fun. So I get my buddy Moose, man. He's selling weed. I get my buddy Vic. He's selling weed. <laughs> D-Rock is D-Rock is Ernie's student. I said, we're going to make a band. We're going to have body count because I would test the name of the band. I said, yo, we're going to play tonight. The name of the band is uh, Suicide. You know, nah, nah, I ain't gonna say. And hey, we're gonna play tonight. Body count. Oh, where are y'all playing? So I've tested game. Oh, that that word. Market testing. Yeah, market testing. Didn't know what I was doing. So we made the and, and we came up with the name body count. Like, cause cause in L.A. the the news would come on and say this weekend five people died in gang homicides. Now sports. <laughs> like we give a count. They would give a count every week on how many they doing it in Chicago right yeah. now. They'll tell you how many people died. They're taking that tally. Yeah, it's a tally. So we made so I, I, I got this band, we're playing around bullshit places and in Perry Farrell he wants me to From do Jane, Jane's addiction. addiction. He wants me to do Don't Call Me Nigger Whitey with him a Sly Stone record for his cover video, song video to yeah. gift. And I do it with him. And then he says, I got this concert going out this summer you should come on it ice is called Lollapalooza. i'm like what i'm like yeah i'd love to he says yeah i don't have a rapper you could come you know i like you so i'm like okay and i said what do i have and he says you have an hour do whatever you want to so that's when i split the set and i did 30 minutes iced tea 30 minutes body count we went out there with the records we had kkk bitch cop killer there goes the neighborhood uh and we went out there and we rock shit and uh Body Count was born. We came right out with an album after the tour, sold like, you know, 700,000. Was this through Warner or was this independent? This was Warner. So Brothers. Warner decided to sign Body Count. Body Count. So Warner had now two groups. They had yes. an Ice T band and Body Count. And everything was good. Life was perfect. Everything was good. We Yeah, life was perfect. And then all of a sudden, the shit hit the fan. The motherfuckers. Now, Cop Killer Controversy happened almost a year after the record had right. come out. So I'm I'm sitting I'm at the house and niggas call me yo yo nigga yo ice 
motherfucking president is on TV talking about ICE. George George Bush Senior. No, it was it was Quayle. Dan Vice mm. Vice President Dan Quayle. Live want me to date it? We were playing techno bowl. Mm. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> All right, a little dating it. Yeah, right? yeah. So niggas hit the channel and shit. And the I was like, yo, and Ice T. And they was like, I was like, what the fuck? Putting out and distributing a record and making money off a record that says it's okay to kill cops. I find that outrageous. You know, but, but you didn't know yet what was what was in, yo, in the store. Son, son, when the president <laughs> says your name, shit is real. It get, doesn't get realer than that. It's like that oh shit moment where you go oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Like ice cream trucks sitting in front of your house in the middle of the motherfucking you know winter. You know, like it's really good. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And people don't know, like when the president says your name, shit gets real. Real. It's like if Barack Obama right now says, and what's your name, Pete? What last name? Jabaldi. If the motherfucker, if he says, if, if, if Barack Obama and Pete Jabaldi, right then, your shit just goes upside down because every agency does a dirt asshole check of your ass and they find out everything they know. They know your mother's blood type. Why? Because the next question from the president could be, what do we know about him? Mm. And they need to have that shit. They can't be, well, I think he's on the radio. No, them. Ne- no, they find out. And you feel it when they check you like that. You, <laughs> They pulled my little my daughter out of school and asked her, was I connected to paramilitary organizations? How old was your daughter at the time? She was in like elementary, no, junior high school. That's fucked up. This is how they get that. And I heard they were doing like the IRS started fucking with you. I, I got audited three times in two years. Three times. Is that is that is that heard of? No, it's the fucking feds. Man. Right. That's the feds. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 Ollie North said I should be tried with, for sedition, mm. which is punishable by death. Right. Mm. So I'm like, yo, man, it's a record, man. I'm not I'm not there's no call to arms. And it's not going away. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah, and it, bigger. it's out of control right. and uh and how are you feeling at this time are you upset are you like i was the- feeling like whoa i didn't really think this was going to happen this is not what i want i wasn't i knew this was an edgy record but not controversial i've been playing this record for a year and i thought cops was fair game you know black flag doing records about cops there was there's a rock band called millions of dead cops so i just thought you know you know but it's a little different Something strikes that vein when it's when it's a black voice. Well, what happened was at that year, you know how it is right now, Ferguson and all yes. this shit. That was happening in them days. Rodney right? King before Rodney King, right? But 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 they was the, you know the cops was 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 kind of getting see. Cop Killer came out a year before Rodney King. Mm. People think, oh, you did that after Rodney. No, no, we was that was before Rodney. It had nothing to do with the riots and nothing. It, we had done that record before because we had performed it for a year on Lollapalooza. So that was part of the media spin. The media spin was, oh, look what he's doing. He's trying to create. No, 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 no. Race riots. and Shit, right. we did that shit a year earlier. It was because the cops was out of pocket in L.A. and they was doing what the fuck y'all catching them doing right now. So when they when the, when the fraternal police order, fraternal order of police in Austin, Texas, found this record, they said we can shift the press from us to this guy mm. and they did the willie horton thing they they flipped it and made me become the enemy and they didn't weren't even mad at me they were at it warner brothers they're right. like okay this is black rage right with the police but warner brothers white company how can you give him the platform to do this we're gonna boycott you and they started digging in their pockets 
They start talking about great, great adventures. Six Flags. 30, 30 something million, 32 million in, in, went in, uh, in stock. Everything went upside down. And, oh, man, it just got hectic. And now here I am. Then the source, I went in on the source. The source went in on me. Oh, because they called me up. Yo, you got to give us an uh, exclusive interview. I'm like, nigga, I got Rolling Stone on the fucking phone. What the <laughs> fuck are y'all talking about? Well, we're the source. I'm like, y'all ain't the motherfucking source. I'm the source right now. You know, matter of fact, fuck off, right? So <laughs> I told them to get fucked. Shit was hot right, right now. Right, I'm right. Like, I got, I could do like this and have a CNN truck pull up in front of my house. I'm like the hottest shit, like, you know, public enemy number one now. Like for have, real, for real, though. For real. So, uh, you know, they call me in the Warner Brothers. So they like, oh, we got a meeting. We want to talk. And uh there's like a big table and shit, so they flip a quarter onto the table. They said, this table is Time Warner. This quarter is the music division. Time Warner is theme parks. It's this. You're a spot on that quarter, but that spot is causing the whole table problem. Isn't that a genius way of breaking a situation down to where a motherfucker like me understood it? I was like, so my little speck is causing this. And and, and the record division is only this big. Right. Because it's the stockholders. So I thought about it. They never told me. They never never did anything. So I said, okay. My first move is, well, we'll pull the record off the album. But you fought for a while, though. You, you didn't fight. Nah, because the motherfuckers are so gangster and so fly that they didn't get mad at me. How you going to get mad at me? You just partied with me off the fucking one, off the record. We just had a gold record party. You can't get mad at me. You look, we, me and you's partners, Ice, we got a problem here. So I, they know I was gangster anyway. So I'm like, hey, you know what? You're my friend, and I did some shit, and I got you in trouble. They say, you fuck with the Queen's guards. So I said, let's switch. Let's pull the record. Let's pull that song off and just keep the record floating. Yo, did that hurt, though, to say that, man? I'm a kind of motherfucker, man. I understand situations, man. It's not that serious. I, I, under, I was learning that freedom of speech is just is a concept at that time. Also got to remember that I was the first record ever to be stickered. I I have the first parental guidance Mm. sticker. So I already knew. And by now with the heat and the president and shit, I'm like, I'm not looking to get no, I'm not trying to get killed. You know, like you got motherfuckers trying to really like bomb threats. There's bomb threats now. Yeah. You read all that shit. It's crazy. And you know, the thing of it is, 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 I wasn't ever worried about the cops. I'm worried about a cop lover. You start worried about a, you know, your friend, them fringe cats. The brother, the the guy, my brother's a cop, you know, and I'm gonna kill you. So I'm like, yo, what? This shit is out of hand, right? It's too much press. I'm, I, I didn't like being the fucking person in the midst of it, and it was not, and my, it wasn't my job to promote free speech. I was right. not the First Amendment. It was just, this is how I felt about cops. So people were protecting me on the First Amendment, but I'm like, protect me on the brutal cop shit. Right. Don't come in, well, he has the right to say, no, say what the fuck, why he did it, because the cops is out of pocket, they wouldn't stand, everybody, you know, call me, Wesley, call me, he had my back, you know, uh, Quincy Jones, but, you know, they let me understand that 
as far as rappers coming out back of me, rappers are all in the in the in the mainstream. Rappers are one big nigga. Mm. So whatever another, if you get in trouble in the rubber, that doesn't matter. You just, that's another. You need a square, somebody from way over to the left to come and support you. All the rappers can help. It doesn't matter. They're one big nigga. It doesn't matter. They don't care. They, you know, you need somebody powerful. So anyway, I'm like, you know what? We're gonna keep it strategic. Pull it. I'll pull the record. I'll give the record away. Because people say, oh, you did it for a publicity stunt. It was for the money. So we pressed up like 10,000 records. We would give them away at the concert. And I put a record on the album called Freedom of Speech. Album went gold again without the record. So We're just making motherfuckers still mad. Hell, you know. And it's just what it was, you know. And then, you know, after that, uh, when all that shit was happening, I was doing a home invasion album. I did the home invasion album. They brought in a a, a a person. They actually took the lyrics of the album and put it on these big boards, and they went through the lyrics. I had a, re- a lyric uh, in in uh, one of the records on home invasion. I say, "What I give a fuck about a cop or a G man? They all talk shit. Their breath smelling like semen. I take them in the alley all alone." Put them in the prone, pop, pop, pop to the dome. It's the G style, and I was like, hey, "You killing cops again yeah, here?" Yeah, yeah. You know? Here you go. So I'm like, "Y'all niggas is taking and decoding this shit down, right?" So that's when I was like, "You know what? Can I get a release? I- I'm afraid of tampering with my work." Now you got to second guess the shit that comes natural to you. I owed them four more records, right? And they just said. No harm, no foul, and they let me go. Uh, and they didn't pay. They there was no payola. There was no threats. It was just gentlemanly shit, like. But the fly shit Warner Brothers did. They didn't make me pay for that record. Mm. They let me leave with Home Invasion. So the money they gave for it, I, I never had to recoup it. They, you know, and I took that record to, to uh priority and that went gold yeah. now is it true that when that whole shit blew that that warner brothers called all the rap labels in and it was like yo well no it was it was you, you had you had it, it it was a trickle down effect shit got hectic right uh i don't know exactly what happened but i know the aftermath you gotta remember at that time warner brothers had prince they had madonna they had andrew dice clay they had slayer they had i, I think they had ghetto boys rick yeah, Ruben, ghetto boys, boys. Yes. and they were the home of I guess the edgy music. They knew that once they were censored, it was going to be the end of them. And all the way up to the death row situation where they shut down the situation when Dre and them was doing that deal and it fell through before Interscope. There was some shit. I forget who was it? Ted Turner? Yeah, it was Ted Turner. You know, that was all the fallout from my shit. Yeah. But, uh, you know. It's just somebody had to be first, and I was the first. I touched that electric fence, and the shit went bow, like, you know. And Now, did that fuck up a lot of your money, man? It fucked up a lot of my—it fucked with my 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 uh, credibility. Right. Because the streets didn't understand it. They looked like I backed up. Or, right. I'm like— I had no options. You know, I'm in, I this, I don't have a label. This is a label. This is the man with the money. I had to do what I had to do to keep my shit. But, you know, the source and people went, Ice is giving in. Ice is selling out. Yeah, they, they kind of called you a sellout. Chuck the D. source. But you know what Chuck D called me? He said, those people in the war 
cannot comment on the battles. So that was all I needed to hear from my G. He said, right. if you ain't in the war, you can't comment on the battle. Nigga, they don't know what's going down on the ground level. You in there, you in there, I mean. You on the I, front lines. And I don't have no, what am I supposed to do? Okay, so let's play it the other way. Fuck it. I ain't pulling the record, this, that, and the third. What does that get me? What does that do? It pigeonholes me into a situation I might not be sitting here today. Sometimes you have to retreat and return with superior firepower. That's the art of war. It wasn't worth me battling because that wasn't the battle I picked. It, you know, I still, you know, I made Cop Killer. That was a protest record. I never backed up. I never said I'm sorry I made the record. I'm glad I made that. That was an important part in history. But the politics and the move, the music movement of what I was in as a business, niggas couldn't understand because they didn't have record deals and they didn't know how this whole shit operated. Right, right. So I flipped to another label, Priority, who had put out the NWA records. They Brian Turner was game, and we kept moving forward. But you know, because the source didn't get their interview, they got butt hurt and they went on some little, you know, and at that time they were the Bible and niggas listened to them. So they was able to, you know, throw me under the bus, so to speak. But was there ever any threats made to the source, man? On records. Yeah. You know, I got a record called It's On, <laughs> but no real shit. I knew Dave Mays and them niggas. I, they wasn't no, there was nobody to threaten. It's, right. It was just corny that so much power was in one magazine that was on some more bullshit, you know, was, wasn't even dealing, wasn't even, uh, dealing with the shit. I was dealing with real shit. You know, they should have had a little compassion, like at least, but they got butt hurt cause I did the Rolling Stone yeah, cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how did that change your life afterwards, man? Did, 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 did that slow down your money? Hell man? yeah. I got blackballed. You got blackballed. I couldn't. D- Touring kind of slowed down? Well, well, first thing went New Jack City too. Mm. That was a Warner Brothers film, and they put they wasn't fucking with me, and that that's why why because they wasn't fucking with me. Right. And then uh, you had a TV deal on the table too with HBO, a lot of and shit. DC Comics, which was a division of yeah, Warner yeah. Brothers called, called Ice TV. Yeah, shit got bad, right. man. You know, motherfuckers, I was taboo, you know. And uh, what'd you do, man? What was what was what was you doing during that time, man? Just checking out who our friends were, right. you know, like. It's like looking around at how corny motherfuckers are. It's just like now, right now in hip-hop. Niggas, oh, yo, you ain't gangster. You tell a nigga, go do some gangster shit, and as soon as the kid shoots somebody, then the same people will be on the internet. Oh, he's a sucker. He's stupid. You know, it's like you have to, it was really a great learning experience. Like, nigga, make your own decision. Don't expect these cats to back you. You are in this shit dolo at all times. Fans or no fans, you're in it dolo. Now, a lot of real motherfuckers held me down, so I was still able to sell records. Right. But it was was like a turning point, you know. How'd you come out of that, man? Just kept making records, kept talking, you know, kept doing body count. Just, I mean, I think that helped me do body count, because the fact that Nobody got your back or or whoever does got your back is on some old bullshit. This just gave me more like fire into my lyrics and the shit I was feeling like, you know, fuck it. You know, y'all motherfuckers ain't ain't real. I'm on this shit. It's a dolo mission. Fuck y'all. You know, so motherfuckers opinions really don't fuck with me now because I'm like, you a corny ass nigga. It's like niggas asking me, yo, will the streets say this? I'm like, let me tell you something, man. I used to pray on the streets. I thought I was smarter than everybody on the street. I was the nigga that was taking niggas' money on the street. So my attitude is, how am I let a nigga on the corner tell me shit when I always thought I was flyer than him to begin with? So I'm not, 
I don't listen to the streets. Like the streets are the streets, right. you know. I, I I ran with an elite group of motherfucking players that was on a mission to get up out of the hood to another level. You know what I'm saying? From the from the from the city streets, we was on the way to the corporate suites. That was our hustle. We trying to make that move. Now all you corny niggas that want to drink forties and hit switches and all that, that's cool. I'll come back and do that with y'all on weekends. In the meantime, I'm gonna be in Barbados. <laughs> 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 that's just crazy. Man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trapped in that zone. But when I got to this point where I felt you know what it was I just learned that fans are just fans yeah. they're not soldiers they're fans and when the shit hits the fan but how I should have known that from the street right but but still you I mean when the shit hits the fan you're gonna handle it by yourself yeah so I just I just I just chill for a minute were you angry were you bitter yeah I was mad but mad, but, at, mad at who like no nobody specifically but mad at who the game I, I don't know, man. I, I was just, I was, once again, I was just looking at it like I didn't really even know I could get in trouble for what I was doing. Right. I thought the free speech was really free speech. Right. See, so that, I, you know, and that's later, you know, you know, where I say freedom of speech, just watch what you say. You have the ability to say anything, but you have to be prepared for the ramifications of what, of what comes with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was dumb to. So, yeah, if I say cop killer, I got to be prepared for the cops to get mad. I, they have the right to get mad. If you say something anti-gay, you got to be prepared for the gay people to protest you. You can't you can't go to your girl and go, yo, I just fucked your sister. Free speech. You know, <laughs> you got, you, freedom of speech, but watch what you say. Yeah. Be prepared. So I learned something. It was a rough lesson, but I learned that anything I say, I have to be prepared for the ramifications that are involved. And I just can't say anything and think nobody can do anything about it. They can. Ace, man, here you are now. Pete just said his his 92-year-old grandmother <laughs> knows who you are. How does this shit turn around, man? Like, what's 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 the domino effect that, that, that takes you to this level right now? I mean, the only thing I can say is, man, I'm, I'm just, I just know I come from a no-op. I have no options. Right. I cannot go back and do the other shit. I can't walk the yard. I can't do that shit. If I went to jail right now, them niggas would kill me because I've had too many opportunities. They don't want to see a nigga like me in there. They're going to stick me because you had an opportunity. You got a bad bitch. You got everything in here. What the fuck is you in here with us for? Nigga? Mm. You know? So... I come from a background with no opportunities. When someone gives me an opportunity, I have to not only do the best I can, I got to make them glad they gave me that opportunity. Right. And that's all I did. So, I, I just took every chance I got. I just busted my ass. How did this Law & Order thing open up for you, man? Sitting in the house with Fab Five Freddy up in my fucking house in L.A. I'm in the house. And we talking, he's talking some Max Julian pimp shit about looking, <laughs> showing hoes the constellations and shit. And we was chopping it up. And he was all, you know, Freddie gets real fly. Oh, man, it's so beautiful up here. Ice, I love how you've done it. The decor is, you know, I love how you've done it. And um, then Andre Harrell calls. So Andre's on the phone. And at the time, Andre was a producer on New York Undercover. Right. So Andre's like, where you at? Oh, I'm at Ice-T's house and uh, da-dee-da-dee-da. Tell Ice to come be on New York Undercover. I'm like, I'll oh, fuck that, man. I'm a movie star. I don't do television, yeah. man. Then Andre said, oh, is that like that Ice? Come on, man. And I knew Andre from Jekyll and Hyde mm. back in the day. And he was just like, come on, man. 
come on, do the show. And I'm like, that show's a ripoff of New Jack City. Because New York on the cover, I felt, was a ripoff of New Jack City. Right. So then he was like, I said, all right, give me a bad guy role, and I'll do it. And so he gave me a bad guy role, Danny Up. I went on the show. Dick Wolf liked what I did. He said, hey, would you do two more episodes? I ended up doing two more episodes. Uh, he loved it. I ended up doing another guest spot on Swift Justice. I did another guest spot on Law & Order. I kept doing guest spots for Dick Wolf. And, um, you know, he just liked my get down. Now, when we had players, when players went off the air, he said, Ice, I wish I had a stronger vehicle for you because you definitely got it. But this just wasn't it. So I'm like, that's cool. That's what your boss say when he got to let you go. <laughs> and uh, I was in L.A. I was trying to start. A, I was trying to actually invent iTunes. I had an office and we were in the process of getting independent rappers and putting them onto a website where people could download their music. And, you know, I was I, I was on some MP3 shit mm. with Chuck with a, a Atomic Pop. And I, I was into that. I knew that I used to tell niggas MP3 and they like what? the fuck is the man i was one of those niggas that was like what the fuck are you talking about I, I, there's just videos on me on youtube talking about this stuff before people even understood but anyway I, I was trying to do that and then dick wolf calls and they say uh when dick wolf calls that mean not dick wolf it was like his people and he like yo could ice do sass for you i never even watched the show i'm like nah man i got a record label i got i got employees and he's like well, you're still saying nah you're still saying nah yeah and then i i like you know, cop show, nah, cool. And he's like, "Come on, man, you." Then, then he's like, "Well, you, I'll give him four episodes, man. You owe him that, you know." And I'm like, "Yeah, I have done five shows, four shows with him." And so my buddy, my my, my OG homie from sixties, uh, uh, the Emperor, he, Janelle, he said, "Nigga, get the fuck out of L.A., man. Go on, do that, man. You know what? What you tell me? Because I used to tell everybody, always take the opportunity because you can always quit, right?" You know, but you wasn't following your own advice. <laughs> my, my homie said, "Man, come on, spread out, man. We got this ice." So I went out here to do four episodes. It's been sixteen years. Damn, sixteen years. And you know, I'm glad. Thank God for Law and Order because what happened is my fans, who are my fans as rappers, have matured now, and they're Law and Order watchers. Right. You know, I don't really need to be rapping. The rap, the rap kill zone is right between fifteen and twenty seven. That's where rap is really in your life. Then if you haven't made it in that point, if you're like 35 right now and you haven't broke yet, it's going to be difficult because the, the fan base is so young. Now, if you are 35 and you broke, you might have a fan base and you can go ahead and tour. Like, But if you haven't, if you're 40 and you're still waiting on a break, it's going to be difficult. I mean, the magazines don't want to... It's just a difficult game. So I made the right decision. I ended up doing this show. Hip-hop changed tremendously. It's no longer as hard. I was just with Reek the Villain the other day. Yeah. My nigga Reek. I like him a lot. I told him, I looked at his shit, I looked at Duck, and I said, nigga, you're just really too hard. You're you you scared the shit out of for, this for, little for nigga. For kids right now. You're scary because right. you're the truth and you're a dangerous cat and you're young, but shit is soft and let's get high type shit and they ain't with that heavy shit like that and I'm like it might be difficult for you cause you know I mean I say 50 Cent was the last gangster rapper to me 
50 was the last nigga that really came out busting his guns, that whole G-Unit shit. And that, sold. And niggas scared of 50. Yeah. Said, mm. nigga, yo, nigga, I don't. 50 had you believing, <laughs> I do not give a fuck. I'll come get you. I'm with the tool at all times. I'm time. at your mama's house. I'm rolling. I'll <laughs> blow through your doors. I, and, and, you know, and, and, and I was like, I, I, and the music made you feel like that. And he had a gang, G-Unit. And I was like, yo, they, they G-Unit's like a gang. G-G-G, G, 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 like gang niggas, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. I was like, yo, but. You talk about the pussification of of, of, of men right now. With, with the manslaughter. I wish I brought you an album. Yeah. Right. With the body count. Right. Mm-hmm. I think men is men are afraid now. I think right now you got everybody's worried about Facebook likes. Niggas is like worried about saying something that somebody won't like or they'll be unfriended or some shit. You know, every, no one is is. And I'm not. I mean, I'm an anti hate. Like I'm like I'm anti gossip. I'm anti, you know, all that shit. But I'm like, you know, you got to stand for something. You got to be about something. You know, have an opinion. At least you don't got to hate. Just have an opinion. You know, I've talked all night. I ain't said nothing about nobody. You know, you don't have to do that. But I've shared opinions. Yes. You know, and I think men, men are now if you just say I want to be a man, it's like, oh, God damn. You you know, it's like you bashing this and you bashing. (laughs) I'm not bashing. Right. And I'm not when I say manhood, I'm not talking about gay people. If you're gay, that's that's a choice. And you're gay. I'm talking about. Uh, heterosexual men are just really fucking soft right now. And, uh, you know, I tell my kid, I say, you know, we had to have a little bit of thick skin to get what we got. Now, if I hand this off to you, don't think motherfuckers won't take it. Mm. Don't think they won't take it. Don't think that I can hand off some, some heavy shit to some soft motherfucker and you won't get it taken, you know? So I think, I think it's, I think men got to have a set of balls on them. I think it's necessary for the way our society is set up. Like I say in the record manslaughter, you know, you know, get caught in a foreign country, they'll get cut your fucking head off. They're not fucking around. Not in an orange suit. They're not fucking around. They're not fucking around, B. At all. Now you don't get fooled. Don't get fooled by all this, 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 this PC shit. Nah, so 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 you know, that was the basis of the body count out of manslaughter, man. But you know, I, I always like when I like in that record, I say, once upon a time, a man had to stand by his word and everything he said. Once upon a time, a motherfucker dis- disrespect you, he wind up dead. Motherfuckers got the game twisted, snitching fucking bitches. No more honor, no respect. What does manhood mean? You know. Uh, so, so you know, that's how I feel. Yeah, how was it being on the road, man, again? We're, we're body man, down. we had a blast, man. We went out. We did the Mayhem Fest. We was playing for 30,000 people a day. Damn. Mosh pits. I was out there with Cannibal Corpse and Suicide <laughs> Silence. And we was out there just, just, just having, just good to see fans. And, you know, it's always good because whenever we come to town, we always bring some of the homies, the rap fans, right. to the metal shows. They're like, yo, they fighting down there with the <laughs> nah, fuck? they just marching. they marching. Yeah. But we had fun. We wrapped it up here at the Brooklyn uh the Brooklyn Afro uh, Afropunk had a blast. Uh, you know, I'm just, it's just, you know, I tell people I act for the money and I make music to remain sane. And the music is my expression, but my music is just really like me talking. Right. I, I can explain it to you. Or I can say a lyric and it'll explain what I'm saying. 
You know, I want to talk about one more chapter of your life, man. Yeah, why not? We'll just make this the 24-hour Ice Tea. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and chill. The Ice Tea Network. Listen. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, I got a, I got a, I've had a long situation here. You know? Nah, so, you're, you're a survivor. And, and, and yeah. I think throughout this entire episode, you've talked about surviving. And you know, you, and I also talked about. I think that lot, a lot of these decisions were not my first decision. Right. You know, it was pushed You're on me by friends. Very fortunate, man. Yeah, yeah. You're I, very fortunate, dude. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm aware of that. I'm aware that every decision I could be making a wrong decision. So, right. you know, I, and I listen to my friends. You know, I, 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 my, like I, one of my models is you only take advice from people you admire. So the people I do in my I listen to them, you know, I believe, you know, they care about what I'm doing. But at the end of the day, when the shit hits the fan, you're going to probably have to fight it off on your own. And yeah. that's the big jewel because I don't think that no one's going to jail but you. Yeah. And, that, and that's been the theme, like fighting it and surviving on your own. But I think I'm an what, orphan. But yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> I, but I want to talk about one of the biggest okay. fights that, that, that you and I can understand. Is, is surviving, having a marriage yeah. survive? Yeah. Now, 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 you grace. You bought. You bought your, your your beautiful lady Coco in the studio. Yeah. I, I want to bring her on, man, and I want to talk about that 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 fight to survive in a marriage. All right, go get Coco. Yo, let's do that. Yo, what it is? It's your favorite Blacksican, A King, and don't forget you can listen to the Combat Jack Show on the CombatJackShow.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. So, Coco, how you doing? I'm doing good. And welcome to the Combat Jack Show. <laughs> She's been sitting Thank outside you. listening. And, th- and thanks, thanks for being so patient. I'm. I, that's my middle name, patient. Okay. Because uh, actually, you know what? People don't know that I'm on the Law & Order set, and he's on the set 14 hours a day. I'm usually there with him. So yeah, I'm a very, very patient person. Right. So two hours, you know, out of my time is really nothing compared to Law and & Order. And but. you also went on tour with Ice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were gone all summer, two months. A little over than two months because when we got back, we went to Barbados. We did a little, you know, one-on-one vacation right. time, which we had to do because we've been on a stinky tour bus for two months. Yeah. <laughs> when we was out there, they had paparazzis in the ocean. Like, yeah. we was in the ocean. Scheming for y'all. Niggas was in the ocean. Motherfuckers on jet skis. No, <laughs> nah, nah, in boats. the water. In the water. In a, the, the guy was actually in the water. In the, he, we, we, you call him the aqua. I call him aqua paparazzi. The aqua Classic. Pa- yeah. Now, yeah. now we were talking about, you know, it seems like the, the common theme that we were talking about throughout this mm-hmm. episode okay. was ice as a survivor. And, and ice being an orphan and ice really surviving on his mm-hmm. own. And, you know, I got the idea, you know, I've been married for 17 years. You guys Mm -hmm. have been married for how long? Going on 14. 14 years. We're almost there, 17. Almost there. I mean, you're there. But, you know, how do you make that survive? Like, how do you, especially a high profile Mm -hmm. marriage like yours, that that, that gets bullshit thrown at y'all. Like, Mm -hmm. how do y'all survive? You got to, you got to start it off from the right place. Mm -hmm. You know, when I, uh, they say, you know, when a woman meets the right man, it's the right time. When a man hits the right time, he'll meet mm-hmm. the right woman. Mm. So he, I had to be at the right place. So mm-hmm. when I met her, I had been in a long relationship. I had never got married, and I was single for a while. I didn't really dig the single scene because I was a target, and I, chicks was, you know, chicks is on some new shit, you know, like, you know, 
writing books and shit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I don't know. I don't nah, they trust putting you. you. They're putting your shit on Vine right now. Yeah, so I'm like, you Instagram. know what? Yeah, this was before. But anyway, I, I was just like, yo, you know, I, I was watching Sharon Osbourne, and I was watching, and I said, would Ozzy have a mansion if it wasn't for Sharon Osbourne? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm good at making money, but I don't like mm-hmm. to cross the T's and dot the I's. I'm the artist. So when I met Coco, I mean, she was definitely fine. And I call her love. She was fine enough to keep me in the house. <laughs> but I, 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 I needed to know if she wanted to go in the direction I wanted to go, which was, like, be my assistant and be my partner and stuff. But he it. didn't ask me to do it. It happened naturally. Right. And I think a lot of people get that twisted. Like, he made me do whatever he wanted me to do. But, no, I, I, it was organic. You know, I yeah. came into the picture. I was like, you know what? I'm more of a businesswoman than a model, really. Modeling is just a hobby. Right. Yeah. And I'm a very organized person, and I like to get things organized. And so she's perfect. I, I just I just fit it perfectly. And, and people people don't know. You didn't just pop out of nowhere. Like, you come from pedigree. Like, your parents mm-hmm. met. Pedigree. Right? But your parents met in Hollywood, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. on the set of Bonanza, like correct? Um, yeah, my both my my parents met on the set of Bonanza when they were fourteen years old. Wow. Mm. So they were kids, and this is how we found out. My my sister and I always knew they were actors, but they never told us what they did as far as TV shows or anything that they were on. So literally, my sister and I were you know clicking through the channels one day, and Bonanza came came on just like Law and Order, like a marathon all day long, and we just happened to be you know you know clicking through. And we saw a kid that looked like my dad <laughs> fighting with another kid on TV. And we were joking, saying, oh, that looks like dad. Ha, 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 ha. And my mom came into the, in the room and she said, that is your dad. So, I mean, we literally were flipping through the channels and that's when she, they told us. So um, they met at 14 years old. Then they got married at 18. Um, so they knew each other for quite some time. And it was just, it was, um. You know, my mom was always, she was the first Rams cheerleader. Wow. You know, back in the day. The first. Yeah, the first. Mm-hmm. She was on Brady Bunch and, you know, a lot of soap operas, you know, but she um, she did her thing when she was younger, you know, kind of changed pace when she got pregnant. You know, the, I, I think the impression that some people have of marriages from mm-hmm. the outside looking in, particularly for my audience that's never been married, mm-hmm. is that shit looks perfect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I know personally I've weathered mm-hmm. through right. a lot of storms with my mm-hmm. wife and my family. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and thank God we're still together. Mm-hmm. You guys just went through a shit storm publicly. Mm-hmm. How did y'all survive that? We didn't pay attention to it. You know what? We're used to hate right. and we're used to everybody throwing like crap in our face right. over and over and over again. We're We're kind of just like people say on Instagram all the time to me, they're like, how do you avoid it? And I'm like, it's so easy. Just don't read it. Yeah, if you don't go on the internet, then you won't even be aware of a lot of the bullshit. Yeah. So, but, but Ice, you're on the internet. But I don't, I don't pay attention to shit that doesn't mm-hmm. really you affect need me. To, you don't need to pay attention I to it. I don't that. really pay attention to it. You know, like I have a focus. I have a direction I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. So if there's something in our life that mm-hmm. we have to talk about, we address it and we keep it moving. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really help to linger on things right. you just keep it moving mm-hmm. me and coco got so much traction we've been making so many moves and we've mm-hmm. been down together it'd take like 
probably, you know, the end of the world to break us up. We're on mm-hmm. some other shit. You know, we live in, I like to call it our bubble. Yeah, we live in our bubble. We have okay. our own bubble. Right. And we don't care what's outside the bubble. Which is which is what it comes down to. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is really understanding that you right. guys are there mm-hmm. for each other and nobody right. else really gives a fuck. Yeah, right. well, nobody, it's nobody else. It's like you always got to think about it like, okay, if I was on an island with just you and none of this shit was around, would any of this shit matter? Mm-hmm. You know, where am I at? And if you're still saying this is the person I want to be with, then that's how you got you to gotta, you gotta keep it tight. The thing is, in life right now, people think when you get married, you throw it up in the air and it comes down like a rainbow and it's just perfect. Right. No. <laughs> you, you have two people yeah. and they all have free will. Mm-hmm. And anybody can do anything. Mm-hmm. So what you're trying to do is create a partnership. Mm-hmm. And in that partnership survive it's hard to make it as one person mm-hmm. so it's two people the woman it should be an asset not a liability you should be partners not opponents and you know me and coco work together it's, it's just it's just like we understand each other she understands me i understand her mm-hmm. and you know it's love. At the I end of the I'm, day, you really got to love the person. Right. Yeah. The love, and, and, you're and married, so you know. And what is it? We admire each yeah, other. I admire her hustle. You got to admire what, right. you know, you got to be cheerleaders for one another. Yeah. It's yeah. no one else's. Yeah. Early on, what were some of the things that uh, attracted you to Ice? You know what? He's a really, really good guy. I like the fact that he's like hardcore on the shell but inside the shell he's a teddy bear oh, am so, I? so what kind of teddy bear shit does what ice a, do? teddy robs can... see, he you're not gonna see the teddy bear i'm the only one that gets to see the teddy ice bear. teddy yeah <laughs> i mean it's sometimes cut out you could see you know just by the jokes he makes right. you know you see that side of him but i that's another thing i i love about him is that he he makes me laugh like he i'm he's it's a comedy level. I like being all nice. Day long. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I'm as nice as you'll let me be. Right. You know what I'm saying? You, you, I'm, a, I'm a cool person. I don't want no problems. Uh, in my household, I don't want to fight. I don't want to argue. I, 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 I look at it like, you know, my house, I got fountains and aquariums and shit. I just want peace. Mm-hmm. I've been through so much at the end of the day. I just want peace. Nothing is perfect. You got to accept that in life, too. If you're looking for perfection, you're mm-hmm. always going to be disappointed, you know. But I know what fucked up is and I know what good is. And I'm like, yo, you know, I'm happy as fuck. And, 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 and me and Coco, we just we just click. It's like my dog. You know what I'm saying? Now, Yeah, he's really the only one that understands me and, and vice versa. I'm really the only one that really gets him. Like I know, I know his ticks. I know his his ways, but I love it. I think anybody that would live with him would probably get frustrated and right. irritated by him because they he's he's an odd character. Right. But I'm the same way. I'm very odd, and how we live, it's very very similar. And you know what it is with me too is like I got a, I got a, I got a, like a dark side that I don't like fucking with, mm-hmm. and I don't like people that make me go there. So I don't I like me and her. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. trigger that mm-hmm. she kind of like respects it like right leave ice alone because i know about uh, it okay i, I got him so I, I know about the dark side so you know when to because mm-hmm. in some relationships sometimes but party, i never go there i'm not right. see i'm not i don't like to argue he right. knows he's i'm very i'm very soft-spoken i'm if i am upset about something i don't call him names i, I don't have i ever cussed to you ever no. have i even called 
and eat the that, name. That, that's amazing. Uh, that's I'm, so I'm fucking not, amazing. I got cussed out yesterday by my yeah. wife. Yeah. No, <laughs> I used to never. call my wife uh, every hey, name easy, in the easy, book. Easy, easy, easy. No, no, no. You know what I want to ask you to, and I think this is important for our listeners and just the world to know. When I was married for three years, it didn't work out. I got mm-hmm. divorced about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a kid with her, so we still mm-hmm. speak to this mm-hmm. day. But when I was growing up, a lot of the people used to tell me like, "You can't go to bed angry at each other." And yes. I used to try to do that, and unfortunately, it didn't work with mm-hmm. my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how do you guys, like, you know, because when you get mad, sometimes people stay well, in their I, zone. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say you can't go to bed angry, mm-hmm. but you can't let things last like too fester. long. You can't yeah. let it fester. You know, mm-hmm. there might be some nights where you cold and you got your back to back and y'all ain't talking <laughs> and shit. You know? But at least you got it out. But the next but the next day, you have to address it. You don't want to let it go a week mm. and mm-hmm. I'm going to go away and I'm going to come back. And then also, like even what you're saying, all that shit, that's your business. We got a rule in our mm-hmm. house. You know, we don't go on the internet with problems. We don't talk to people outside our family with our problems. If we have a problem, it's gangster. We address it in mm-hmm. our household. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. We're not on Twitter fighting. Mm-hmm. We're not going right. to do that because now you just tell everybody to put their fucking two cents in. You mm-hmm. know, we are going to address personal shit personally. But even that goes for like family. Don't bring Uh-oh. it to family. That's the worst thing you can do because now your family knows mm. about your problems. That's the worst shit. Yeah. yeah. And, and, then when and then when y'all get good again, right. they're not good. Yeah, exactly. they're, 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 yeah, so me and her have a fight, whatever. Mm. Right. And she gets on the phone with her mama crying or whatever the fuck. Mm. You know, yeah. she don't cry. But mm. then the next day she's boo-boo, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. But her mom still no. remembers mad at you, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so she doesn't do that. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't get on the phone with my boys. Yo, fuck Coco. She did this, that. I don't mm-hmm. say nothing none of that we we keep it in the house right. so both you guys are very disciplined yeah you got to be disciplined in a relationship yeah. you know and especially you can't you can't really even with with you you my homie i always tell dudes that i told her that about her friend you come to me yo mike's my wife my wife my wife i'm gonna let you talk all you want and you know what i'm gonna say at the end of it that's your wife man you know the best thing to do yeah Mm-hmm. I'm not getting in your shit mm-hmm. because what you're going to do as soon as I say, man, I never liked her anyway. You're going to go to your wife and say, you know, Ice even said he don't like now, you. Now she don't like you. Then <laughs> y'all back together. Yeah, now yeah. she giving me the crazy eye. And just <laughs> something just recently happened when Coco and I told her, you know the principle how to handle this stuff. You listen to your friend, but don't. Because a lot of my friends come to me and I know everybody's problem. And that's not cool. I, it's not cool, but you know what? I really do try to give some good advice because all my friends haven't been ma- married this long. So they do come to me and they're seeking out help. Right. And, I, and I'm like thinking, you know what? If, if I did have a problem, I would probably go to a person that's been married as long as we have too. Right. I mean, you're not going to go to your friend that's mm-hmm. not married. No, no, no. Yeah, take no. advice from people you admire. Single, right. single cats do not have the best advice. Right. No, they don't. I like I like being married. Yeah. I, 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 I do too, man. I mm-hmm. like it. Uh, I, I like. I, also, I was trying to figure out why people. You know, when I first started getting over and you know i heard about all these wealthy cats and they was getting married i'm like wow you can have every girl all this shit but what happens is shit just gets crazy you just it's it's, it's just hot it's like yeah. walking through a minefield out mm-hmm. there and they say you don't marry the person you have to be with mm-hmm. you marry the person you can't be without mm-hmm. you know so and, and i you know you know, and I also say that love isn't looking somebody in the eyes; it's looking out in the same direction. Yep. So 
when you find that person, it's like, damn, man, you know, humans don't want to be alone. We, we, we need a companion. You don't want to go to the movies by yourself. You don't want to eat. And then me, I don't want to go to movies with just a straight chick or a different person every day. That, that shit don't even feel right. Mm-hmm. Well, it feels right when you're young. When you're young, you're trying to build your ego. like your, Yourself. Your, your sense of Trying to find yourself. You're trying to get those quotas in, you know, mm-hmm. to know that you got it. But once you fly and you know you can get it, then what's what are you really doing? And it's it's like, yo, you know... They say one down bitch is worth ten funky hoes. You mm. know? So my myself, I prefer to be with one person, personally. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I would like it to be Coco. I hope me and her stay together forever. But that's my that's my idea of what I want to do. I don't really want to be with a lot of people. I always knew from a player perspective when you seen a guy walk in the club with a bunch of girls, he was a trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One girl said he's buying drinks, and she called mm-hmm. all her friends, yeah. and he's looking mm-hmm. good, and it made him buy more drinks. You look better. When you walk in the joint mm-hmm. with one bad piece. Yeah, it's Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, I, I mean, I like that look, too. Yeah. You know, you're all sharp. You walk through. You know, you hold your head up high. You know. Mm-hmm. You Everything know looks t- good. So you got to want to be married. Yeah. That's that's a key. And then also when you're married, you get to reminisce. Like just recently went to Barbados. And we like to, to island hop. We like when we're when we have some downtime, we like to go to some tropical place. And um, we, you know, we were reminiscing. Well, remember when we were in Mexico ten years ago? Remember when we went to Turks and Caicos? Like, start building those memories. I love the fact, like, when you see like an eighty-year-old couple, like walking down the street holding Holding hands hands, and like lovey-dovey, and you know they've been together forever. And you know they've they've got some memories. They've been through some shit. shit. Exactly. And you know what's important? I I, I think that when I was growing up, I always looked uh, up to my uncle and the my aunt because they were married for like 30, 40 years at that time and they always mm-hmm. used to go out every Friday night get dressed up. Like after all these years how do you, y'all keep the yeah, fire burning? We do that. Try we to have, do that we date, have date night. nights. Wait. We try well we can't really keep it uh, you know uh, an ongoing thing but every Sunday we try to do it like a date night thing. Go out to dinner get dressed up maybe go to the movies. Make it special. Right. Go out you know dance. We like to go out and dance. You know it's or I like to do Breakfast that. I don't have to watch. <laughs> I mean, I just really don't like a lot of people. Like, even my homeboys, <laughs> I only can deal with them for short periods of time, right. you know? And even when I used to date girls, you know what I'm saying? It's like, in the morning, you got to go. Like, or <laughs> that night, you got to, you go. got to go. Like, I can't really be around. Like, girls always ask me, they go, well, how do you know if my guy likes you? My f- boyfriend. I said, do you ever hang out with him during the day? For no reason. And not have sex somewhere. It's just, mm, just mm. a day right. where you just do nothing. and Or is there sex somewhere at the end at some point? Yeah. Well, you know, guys don't necessarily like women. They tolerate them, you know, until they can fuck. So at some point, you're just like, yo, I, I need a companion, you know. I need somebody. And like the gods, the five percenters call the girls they wisdom, they earth. Because you give your girl your knowledge and your experience, and then when you get ready to make a bad ex- mistake, oh yeah, we'll pull out that wisdom. She'll so bring fast. that wisdom we'll be like, back remember to you. Because I'm like a sponge; I listen to everything he says. So when I'm about to fuck up, she'll go. Remember when you taught me? You're Boom, like, and then and then you know. 
how you fight against your own wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. But you never, ever called him, like, any name or anything, and especially, you know, like... No, I've never... I, I'm not a cusser anyways. Right. I know, Ice, I know you're a cusser. I, oh. I, I, don't, I don't really yeah. make her mad, though. No, I'm a motherfucker. Every other thing is, you know, cock-sucking <laughs> piece of shit ass. Motherfuck scumbags. Right, but, you know, like... But okay, that ain't her. But, right. and, like, I... Okay. I don't want a girl that talks like Wu-Tang. I, 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 I was just gonna say, I watched The Love of Hip Hop, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'm, like... I'm like in awe of their mouths. I'm like, wow, why why do they use that language? Really are they that upset with life? You know, I'm I'm really like a happy person and okay, even if you're mad, you really have to use like crazy language like that to get attention. That's just her get down. Yeah. And you know? you know the thing of it is is like when we got together, she's not a hip hop fan. She didn't even really know who I was. She was off into like dance music. And you know, we we just kind of like, you know, connected but my thing is i if i if you my homie just keep it real and keep it real means stay real stay real i like you you're a surfer you're into some other shit i don't like rap cool but we can still be friends that's not a deal breaker so with coco i remember when i started introducing her to rap and she was listening to mob deep and she was listening to different rappers i like mob deep yeah she was my, like, my wife loves mob deep too yeah, yeah because it's they're very melodic Burr. and also mm-hmm. you can hear the words they're very like prodigy and me they talk to you right and right. you know and so she would listen and she shook would, ones. She say, "Why is this guy? Don't say no names. I, I don't say, say no name. names." <laughs> she said, "Well, this guy says he's only seventeen, not mob deep, and he did this." I'm like, "Well, Coco, they lie also. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they lie also I, in the record." See, I didn't understand because it because she, she knows I won't lie. Right, right, right. And and also, like rap, he got frustrated one time because. I didn't really listen to the words, uh, and as him being my husband, that who's a rapper, that, that could be frustrating. He was, he, yeah, oh yeah, we were, we, yeah, we were, we were driving, that. and he's like, "You what?" Because to me, I'm, <laughs> I'm a dance girl, right. and um, so I'm also a the, dancer too. Right, right, right. You know, so I listen to like the the major points in the song, like I, the hooks, of I, course. And also, I'm, I'm, you know, another note about being married. I, I don't, I'm not somebody who likes to be alone. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. like to be alone. Mm-hmm. I don't like to, you know, have my Because you've been alone. Yeah, I've been alone my whole life. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like sitting in a big house by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit is I don't creepy. Li- I don't like my homie enough to have him sitting there with me. That, that's creepy, too. Looking at him. <laughs> that's creepy, too. Yeah. But with Coco, yes. that's good money. So that's why I think at the end of the day, also, I'm giving you a bunch of reasons to get married, or you don't have to ever. But mm-hmm. another reason is it takes a lot of energy to chase women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just take it takes money, it takes time, the lies, you know, oh what a tangled web we weave mm. from first we practice to deceive. All the lies it takes to juggle all these chicks and move them around and all that kind of shit. You it's could be like, building right there. It's a headache yeah. at some point. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I done it. Proved myself as a man. Whatever I thought I needed to do, I caught. I got a cool female. And like I say, you know, it's like, it's what it is. It's it's like, yo, you know, you want to hang out with me for the rest of your life. You want to be down with me. You want to sit with me. You want to be with me on the Combat Jack show. You want to hang around <laughs> me at all times. I take that. So, any more TV shows? No, no more TV shows. Isos Coco was an experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I, no I one thought. Well, no one thought we could do something positive. Right. No. 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 Don't. No. 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 Nobody had it. No, that's not it, Coke. What happened was reality television was so negative at the time, and I, I didn't feel that 
that reality was the right purse for some place for somebody like me who had busted my ass. You just heard these stories to get to this position and jeopardize it with some fucking reality clown shit. You know, you had the you had the Jersey Shore and all that shit. Oh, that was the worst for Italians. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I can't do it. So when they came at us with the reality show, I was like, absolutely not. And they were coming for eight years. Damn. For a long, this is pre-Kardashians. Pre-Kardashians. Right. And yeah. I was like, no, nah, I'm not do it. I won't do it. So finally, a guy got at me. He said, you don't have to do it. I said, man, we don't flip tables over. We don't fight. We don't, we don't throw, throw drinks. drinks. Right. In my circle, my homeboys, we don't even raise our voices at each other. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, that results in gunplay. You don't call no nigga, no bitch-ass motherfucker, mm. expect to see him the next day. <laughs> we, we don't do that. Right. We respect, we deal with extreme respect around my friends. So... Uh, you know, uh, I wasn't doing it. So then they said, come on, come on. And I was like, you know what? I'm on TV. This will hope Coco, you know, Coco's model. She's making her moves. I said, you know what? People saw me as just a model. Right. And, and I was a little bit more than that. So I wanted to show them a different side. So, so the fact she's working you know? and hustling with me. Right. So I said, all right, we shot the first show. And they came back and said, it's a comedy. I said, yeah. I'm like, I'm not. I'm from a funny motherfucker. You, you, you're, man. Good, you're good with comedy, not drama. <laughs> I'm, I'm funny, right. and so they, we named it Ice Loves Coco, which was a modern a, day. I love Lucy. I love Lucy, mm-hmm. and we shot three seasons with no fights, no no shit, just my crazy friends. Nobody looked bad. We didn't talk bad about people. Everybody was on the show. It was a good feeling show, kind of like Run's House. Yes, mm. good feeling vibe show. But at the end of a certain point. They got everything they're going to get out of Right. You. And then they start asking you to do stunts, you know. Now, some people, we won't mention any names, that are on reality shows will do any fucking thing. To stay on that to show. To stay sure. on the show. Yeah. And to have another season. I ain't doing that. Yeah. So I said, you know what? We did it. People love us or hate us. It ran its course. Church. But, but honey, if you remember when we were getting going... It, this is pre. Everybody wanted drama, so everybody would ask us in press, "How are you going to have a good show without the drama?" So they didn't believe in it until we had, you know, three seasons. So, so it was a hit. It, it was a hit. It, it was a hit. So the positive vibe wasn't cool. It was like we kind of made it cool. Now you have a lot of positive reality shows, and it's kind of cool. We kind of paved that way. I think the, the negative shit will burn people out at sometimes. So I can't watch a lot of the new shit. And you know? like you said earlier, man, make sure it's important. Make sure your work is important. I just wanted to show, I did, what I said Coco allowed me to show is that I'm a normal nigga, man. I eat fucking sandwiches. I play Xbox. I'm not flossing. I don't get up in the morning, put on all my jewelry. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's not Chris Dallin in the refrigerator. You're not thug cold pizza all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, I ain't thug that, 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 that image they have of us rap mm-hmm. people it's so far from the truth. I'm good friends with Tretch. I, we, we both we have normal homes, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, normal so, kids and, and, and normal. No. A, a mature rapper of my age does. I mean, mm-hmm. now if if you go and you interview the new kid that just got a deal, it's gonna be a different show. Of it's course, be bananas. Of course. Mm-hmm. And plus, people have so many. You know, they you know they're so judgmental. And, and actually, with Coco, you know, it's funny because it's like, you know, I know you said that you don't pay attention, but the media, like, you know, I mean, to me, you always been like a businesswoman, like an entrepreneur, you know. And uh, but people always have like try to throw shots at people, mm-hmm. and particularly even when we're talking about you, we're talking about like saying things are fake or this that. Right? How oh, do yeah. you? Because like, I know no no yeah. you know why? Because friends, you said you speak to friends. Sometimes mm-hmm. friends talk to you, like right. they hear things. They may be telling right. you, and that may be fucking with your mind. Well, now I take it when I hear that, I take it as a compliment. 
before it bugged me but i'm like you know i'm like thinking if you think this is fake then it must look good yeah. you know first, I mean, it's so good to look fake out, okay so i'm gonna go she told everybody she saying. said yo my boobs fake i had boob job i mean come on every girl's getting them shits now at 18 years old of course so i got a boob job but my ass is real I tell people I said her ass is real, but the implant had blown them shits out. <laughs> no, but the, they couldn't. They oh, with this and that, and then they said this, and she actually went on a TV show, The Doctors, and they sonogrammed the shit. Girls are so, but you know what? I never really knew how wicked chicks could be mm. until I actually got with Coco, because you know my ex girl. I never been married, but my son's mom's. She wasn't as much, darling. Yeah. She wasn't as much in the public as Coco. So I never, and the internet wasn't cracked. So it wasn't tested like that. But now, mm-hmm. but now, you know, with her, I mean, I would just see people saying crazy, crazy, crazy shit, shit out the blue for no reason. And I would be like, he wow. would be offended. But I, I would, I would always tell him, like, you know what? I'm, because I'm girls will say. She does. She has last season shoes on. Mm. Just, just bad. This, that. I'm like, you can't talk about guys. Guys can show up on a red carpet with a t-shirt, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. But they pick them apart, and so at that point, I just, you know. But, but when I first got in the picture, I would always be very like, um, uh, what would you call? It? I would, I would, I would notice what I would wear. I would be very detailed about my hair, my tan every little detail so you be like why are you so calculating in terms of what i'm you like did? believe me everybody is looking at me right. with I, a mag- I, I figured out the game right i broadcast mm-hmm. i don't receive so what i mean by that is i don't read comment boxes I yeah, that, that, that's very smart I, when i when i'm doing when i put up something mm-hmm. out there it, mm-hmm. i that's this is for y'all mm-hmm. i don't give a fuck what you say about it i'm broadcasting mm-hmm. i do my daily game i say my sh- i don't care i'm not hearing y'all back i'll talk to my boys mm-hmm. people i respect but the rest of the clowns out there the peanut gallery pay no motherfucking attention <laughs> them you know we on combat mm-hmm. jack show we broadcast exactly. receiving right. let me ask y'all what's what's next for y'all because i know y'all work together what is next for y'all well, there's there's actually a lot of she stuff. She got in some the works. good shit happening. Okay. There's a lot of stuff. There's stuff we can't even talk about okay. that's happening later down the road because it's so far down we can't even talk about right, I understand. it. And you jinx it. I understand. And you jinx it. Right. Yeah, but um, uh, right now, uh, everybody knows when I went to Vegas, I did Peep Show. Yes. It was so successful. Um, I wanted to do a similar show in New York. Okay. So, um, dance coach from Lion King came to me and he wanted to start his own burlesque show out here. Nice. So we started Coco and the Vanity Vixens. We had an amazing turnout, um, back in May, but I had to put that on hold because I went on tour with my hubby. So, um, now that I'm back, you know, we're, we're regrouping and starting that up again, but it's, it's uh, the first burlesque show in New York. There's not, you've got all the off-Broadway shows why not a burlesque one? Mm. So it's for 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 couples. It's for parties. I have more of a woman following than men, Let's believe go. it or not. And she went. She started the game off. It was like you know with the booty. I call it booty modeling. So she had like mm-hmm. say eighty percent men, ten percent women haters. Her now her her, her demos like are like eighty percent women mm-hmm. and twenty ten percent guys and, and women mm-hmm. tend to be more loyal as 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 once as, you as get them yeah, once you get them once you get them yeah. once yeah. you get especially em. for the booty and I think right. the show helped girls not hate Coco mm-hmm. I think the show got around the fact they thought she might have been bitchy or something right. and then when they seen that she was mm-hmm. there wasn't no act. 
they just right. said. But no. I you try to help them. I right. try to tell in every way. Like, well, I'll I'll talk about marriage on my social networks, like Twitter or Facebook. Or whatever. But you can't I'll help them get that booty, uh, though. But I'm helping them. Get I that have, booty. I have, yeah, I have, yeah, I have, have a fitness app. I have a fitness app. Okay. So, yeah, this year Plug I actually... Plug it. <laughs> Plug it. Where Plug is it. that on the iTunes store? It's app? iTunes. Any, you know, any... It's What's it called? I, it's called Coco's Workout World. Okay. And, you know, I teach you how to twerk. You know, um, I teach you how to build <laughs> the body and build the booty. Because a lot of girls think that it's impossible to build the booty, but it really is. And I'm every girl test. can't have that booty. What it's, does it take to build the well, booty? Every, gotta have every girl can't have that booty, Coco. First of all, yeah, you do. You gotta have, have genetics. You yeah. gotta have genetics. But... But at the same time, it's like anything, like a muscle. Look at the guys with the big muscles. Look at their big biceps. They had, to, they weren't born with that, right? Right, that's true. So it, you just got to be able to, or willing to lift weight because it takes weight to build a booty. And you, it's, it's a mixture of a little, bit of little fat, a little muscle. You know, you got to have one. Got to have some fat gotta, on there. Yeah, got to have How much do you squat? Well, leg presses, I, I like 400 pounds. Damn. God damn. Okay. So, that's, I'm going to kill you ice one day. That, that's real. So I'm, I'm going to build something right. with that much weight. That's real. And then, um, so, you know, you do a lot of squats, a lot of lunges. But it's and, genetic. Her sister got a butt. Exactly. It's My genetic. mom's but got a really small waist. People think white girls can't have butts. And I always say, you just haven't seen enough white girls. <laughs> you, know, you know, anybody can, but it just genetically falls in place mm-hmm. around. She mm-hmm. had a little butt. It's funny, though. She had an ass when I met her, right? And I, I'll never forget. It wasn't I, this big, though. No, I, 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 I kind of proved the growth. Well, he, so, he let me. Okay, told, first of all, I didn't really care about my ass. Right. I, 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 I was more into my boobs. Yeah. Because I had a boob job. I was like, okay, get you, away from it. Because I. You didn't know brothers really liked the well, booty. Well, I, <laughs> I came into the generation. This is pre J Lo. Right. Right. In generation where your ass was not considered good. It was, it was fat in a bad way. Yeah. It was. So it, it makes you a were, lot bad. You were, yeah, you, you were fat. Right. Yeah. F A T. Not, not the other way. And then, and then the world changed. Well, that was later. No, then she met Ice. And then she then met I ice. met, yeah. Then I might, I actually, I really did. And he said, it, "Hey, you know what? You're unique. You really need to show that thing." So I give him full credit for me showing. So all, I, all I did was, yes, I'm like, ice. "Why?" I said, "Your ass, is, your ass." She said, "She said if I eat, my ass will really grow." Oh, I said. So I started getting a mashed potatoes, potatoes, mac and cheese, <laughs> and shit in the oatmeal. Wait, you, that's how, you can, how people can tell that my my ass is real. That. That it fluctuates. Like Peep Show, I lost a lot of weight. I went small. Right. Now I'm back up. I'm like the biggest I've been in a long time. So I go up and down, up and down. When you have implants, it, they always stay the same size. So that's a good thing to kind of key in on. But for those, you, know, you know, I proved that, it, and I said, I just said, be be happy with your body. That's your mm-hmm. thing. You know, I'm a brother. I won't call you fat. We happen to like that. You know, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. do your thizzle. And mm-hmm. so then when she started, when she first did a her her calendar a, a car calendar she was like all the girls were like oh wow you know white girl with butt i said okay and you know i'm like well you're unique you know roll with it you know what i'm saying so 2004 the squat pose became became the uh my my pose your pose yes and so since then she's changed she's transferred from that mm-hmm. to like okay so You've proven that you can get people to look at you. Now, mm-hmm. let's take them on your journey. So now mm-hmm. she has her fitness app. She has a clothing That's line. Dope. That's dope. She has all her things. And, and let, let's befriend the girls. And yeah. now now I'm helping the girls on the inside. So I came out with an adult line. Oh, really? So, adult yeah. toys. Yes. Where, where, can it, where can our audience find your stuff? 
Well, you can go to Coco'sWorld.com, and then that will, you know, they'll tell you what links to go to. But pretty much, go to Coco's World. You'll find my adult toy. What type of toys are these? They're 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 sex toys. Basic. I call them pleasure products. You know, to be little- pocket rocket. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double jammer. You know, but um, you know, the thing is, like, we're. It's funny. We come out with collections. So the first collection is what you can conceal in your purse, right? And then we build from there. It's like. Swear to God, like like you know how Fashion um, Week comes out with yes. their collections, the same thing in the sex toy world. We come out with collections. But so. you know what is fun? Like being married to Coco and what where our life is. It's like it's like we have a war room. Like me uh. and her sit down, and she has all her little plans. And you know we got one bank account, so it's all like That's dope. Mm-hmm. we're all hustling. We're hustling together. We're feeding the kitty, mm-hmm. you know. So she's off here, and she's got a deal. And when we first. You know, as Coco started moving in business, I said, look, Coke, this is the deal. I can't be your manager, but I'll be your consultant. If you make mm-hmm. your decisions, but if you hit a point where you need a question, ask me, I'll give you my opinion. Mm-hmm. You see grown ass men sitting for mm-hmm. hours waiting to talk to me to consult. Mm. Let me tell you. So every once in a while, she'll say, well, I stay this, that. And I say, no, nah, don't do that. This, that. But unless I see her doing something extremely wrong, I won't get involved because I know she needs her accolades one thing in a wedding and a marriage each person needs wins you got your wins you Mm -hmm. got your show your wife Mm -hmm. needs wins everyone Mm -hmm. needs that Mm -hmm. so they that's a good point they gotta they can't live off my wins Mm -hmm. oh baby I won an Oscar but Mm -hmm. I'll never get that but you know you won this Mm -hmm. they go that's not there so they need wins it might be a small win it might be just a victory everybody needs their wins because that's what builds your self esteem right, and your right. character. You're right. Listen, I could talk to y'all, forever, <laughs> and I don't even know how we're gonna edit edit. <laughs> but, but but Ice, mm-hmm. are we getting another Ice T album? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I did the Body Count album because I it, it's a very be, it's much better place for rage and right. aggression. I'm just not really motivated to do hip hop. Hip hop is gone in a realm right now where. <laughs> I don't really, you know, I like Immortal Technique. I like I like the spitters and stuff, but I don't know. I think the next hip-hop album I'll do will be connected to a project like a film. I think that I'm, I'm working, I got some animation shit going, and I got some horror shit. I got things I want to do, but I would probably rather do something that's connected to a film than just throwing a record out right, there. Right. It's, it's, I, don't, it's, I, don't, I don't feel my records fall into the place with the Drakes and the Waynes and all a, them. It's a different world right now. So mm-hmm. I won't do it. And, and that's smart when you know it's a different world, man. I can still wrap circles around most of these Well, I mean, you wrap circles around Cats Tonight. Like, now, that was, those were old rhymes. Nah, but they, they still rap. They were circles. gems. Yeah. They were old and, and, and I like what you did with the art of rapping. Well, that's my, that's my homage to hip-hop. You know, like, I needed to do something that was important I don't know where hip hop's going, so I wanted to let people know where it came from in yes. my life. People said, "Well, Ice, you didn't do the South." I said, "But see, the art of rap was my journey. It was me going to New York and meeting with Bam and touring with Kane and Ra, and then coming back to Cube and those were the and 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 being on a tour bus with Eminem and those were the people that I touched in my. Mm-hmm. I made the art of rap just going through my phone." Just saying, yo, that's, I'm that's doing. That's crazy. I, I don't. Nobody in that movie isn't a homie, the homie, and 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 they showed up like like you did yeah. for that movie. So that was my journey. People, like, well, it should be another art of rap. I'm like, you do it. Yeah, you yeah. you do it. Do one on the girls. Do one on the south. Yeah. Do one on the bay. I, that was my hat. Now I, I want to do features and shit, 
But I have to get inspired to do shit. And when I'm inspired and I get motivated, I, 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 I can do tremendous things. If I do shit just to do it, it's not, it's going to suck. And I don't want to do that. I got enough cool rap records. I don't really need, uh, my boy told me, nigga, you like Frank Sinatra. You don't got to do no more records. Just <laughs> sing your shit. <laughs> I actually think he should do Frank Sinatra, in what? your own like. Oh, I am a nightmare walking. You sing, you sing psychopath to? talking. You sing? King of my jungle. Hey, hey. I'm just okay. a gangster stalking. I might be able to pull that off. Yeah. Yo, listen, y'all. Thank y'all. So, Coco, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. T, thank you so much for yeah. coming on the Combat Jack Show. Hey, you know what? I had to, man, because this is a rite of passage, man. You got to come through Combat Jack to be official nowadays. Words on the street. Thank you. And and, 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 sh- and once again, shout out to your, your podcast, Final Level. Yeah, the Final Level podcast. You know, you can go to it at IcedTFinalLevel.com and hear it. It's, 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 new. it's new in the podcast game, but it's... It's crazy, and it, and we had Combat Jack on there the last Dope episode. Week. It was a dope episode. Dope episode. So I'm glad to be. We, we OGs now in, in the podcast world. Yes, sir. There'll be, there'll be many of y'all motherfuckers that will attempt to, to uh, reproduce this. Yo, man, this. everybody want to be a podcaster right now. Seriously. How about that? It's crazy. Like, coming up, everybody wanted to be a rapper. Now everybody wants to be a podcaster. Well, there That's we crazy. go. Yeah. There you go. Once Listen. again. Once again. Pioneering some new shit. There you go, premium. It was it was an honor to to, to have you here today, man. And yeah. uh, this is going to be a classic episode. And I want to let the listeners know before we end this: you, your soundtrack, your voice, you know, you, your just whole career has been inspirational for a lot of people. And I want to say, at the end of the day, you were an orphan at one point in time, and and, and you sitting here now, and people listen to this catalog, man. If that's not inspire, ins- inspiring, well, then I don't know what to tell you. This they say that. Like I think eighty percent of billionaires are orphans. I think when eighty percent, yeah, yeah, so it's a huge number. Eighty percent, yeah, and 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 I think it's when you know you don't have any options. It's when you really come out the bag with your real shit. Mm-hmm. You just gotta humble yourself to the game. Understand there will be mistakes made. There will be fuck ups. But you know, in the words of the late great Ice T, uh, and I'm not late. No, yet. no, don't say late. The, the great, the great. The great. <laughs> It ain't about to come up. It's about to come back. Cheer. Jack. There you go. Cheer. <laughs> Internets. You know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and then man up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Blau. 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 This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow engineered by Samir Karan and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.